Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace. Today is uh, day one of two on Wednesday. We will be having part two of our season predictions episodes. It used to be one episode. It is now episodes. Uh, We're going to be breaking down the division winners, team over under win totals. And the Wednesday episode is going to be the awards season predictions. There's just a lot of predictions going around so much so we had to break it up into two episodes. So uh, this is this is officially the first week of of two episodes. Baseball's dead's going back to two episodes a week. That's right. He- heavy, heavy diction pod today. Heavy diction yeah. pod. <laughs> it's been a long off season. It has been a long off season. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Too kind. One of the nicest audiences uh, in professional podcasting. Uh, Jay, hey, are you are you ready? Are you ready for for two episodes a week? Is that something that like, you know, it's almost uh, you've. When was the last time that you were doing two episodes a week? 2020? Uh, yeah, yeah, it would have been uh, first half of 2020. Yeah, so we're coming up on. It'll have been almost three years, just shy of three years. Time to. Time to dust off those dancing shoes and get ready to tap, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I think my, I think my pipes are ready. I think we're. This is. I'm ready for the regular season content. I can tell you that much. That's when the stats come alive, and that's yeah, obviously the meat and potatoes of what I'm here for. So I feel like that's probably one of the first things that we're gonna have to be better about. I mean, it feels like it feels like we've been here for longer than one season. This doesn't feel like year two at DraftKings, but. I feel like we need to one of the things that Jay Hay brought to the table in the starting nine days was uh, regimen and structure, whereas l- like last year we were kind of just like, all right, hit record. We have a vague idea of what we want to talk about, and then we'll just go and yeah. just have these like conversations. Fuck all that. We need we, we I want to I'm not saying that we need more structure. Oh, uh oh, I'm not. Saying, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, I'm not saying that we need more structure. I am saying that we need segments. Bitches love segments. 
So we're going to be bringing uh, a segment um, and building it around Jay Hayes Nugs. It's Love a fan that. favorite. They've been clamoring for it. Um, That's just good so fucking I'm, producing. It's great producing, yep. and it's also just it's a, it's a sponsorship opportunity. Uh, let's get Jay Hay riding a fucking Cadillac this season. So we're going to get Jay Hay's Nugs sponsored. That would be something because we can also probably turn that into like a video segment as well. We need to get Jay Hay on. Imagine Jay Hay on camera, like digital content superstar, Justin Havens. Well, that fucking haircut. Absolutely. I can imagine. Yeah. It. I'll shave. I'll shave for that. For that uh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joseph, if, if you had let's let's brainstorm live right now. If you had your own set, because I feel like it would be like Joey's like weird facts like Joey. When he does research for his videos on YouTube, baseball doesn't exist. Like, subscribe, comment. Uh, there's got to be information that gets left on the cutting room floor. Is that is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I I mean I'm I got 22 pages of notes on the next video. So if you think you can fit that in 15 minutes, you're wrong. So we could just re- read off that for the first hour if you want. <laughs> Joey's cutting room floor. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. The cutting room floor with Joey. <laughs> the, bu- uh, the butcher shop with Joe. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, because I, I mean, watching Joey's videos, it's always like I, I make reference to him tipping his pitches, which he does do. Uh, he, what did you what tweet did you just throw out where you kind of like were trying to crowdsource information, which obviously was for your next video? <laughs> yeah. If there was any like weird, weird pitch, violations. Yeah. Yeah, so I can't even imagine what the next video is going to be about. You never know. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so sometimes he makes it too easy with what is going to be the next video. But then, uh, I like I said, have to imagine that there's a lot of information that you're gathering in the process for creating your next video that never sees the light of day. Let's let's have it see the light of day, Joe. That's all I'm saying. We can't. I got one right now. The first pitch clock, first pitch clock violation of all time. Any guesses? Manny Machado. Nope. Oh, of all time. Uh, ben Verlander. <laughs> no, no, he stole valor. I thought. Doesn't he claim that? I think he did claim that. I don't believe that was true. Well, he might have got it in the minor leagues. They've been implementing this shit okay. in and out forever. But 2014, <laughs> 2014, it was freaking. Matt Latos. Nope. It was Mark Appel versus oh Jesse Winkler, Arizona Fall League. I'm still trying to find video of it. Anyone? Did you throw an L in Jesse Winkler? He did. He did. It's Win- <laughs> it's Winkler. Winkler, Winkler is his. It That's all right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> downgraded. Downgraded third baseman. It, like I said, 22 Winkler. pages of notes. You can't remember all the names, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Impossible. It's a lot of information. Um, so that's the most egregious pitch clock violation. No, the first. That's the first. Oh, the first. Yeah. The first. If anyone can find a video yeah. of that, please. Yeah. 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 No, see, like that's that's the thing, is that's because I, I, I've told you the story about me setting a Cal League record for punching two guys out in the same inning, only throwing four pitches. And that's because there were pitch clock violations in back to back at bats that then resulted in mass ejections for the other team that mm. left their fucking athletic trainer as yeah. the manager to finish. <laughs> well, the what game. year was that? Yeah. Uh, that was oh something. Okay, well then I was way off. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. So, so Ben Verlander, that's cute. It's it's not true. And <laughs> no. then this other one, uh, yeah, the Latos. That's that's or not Latos, <laughs> but Appel. 
Yeah. That's not, yeah, so. Dallas, speaking of mass ejections, how excited are you for opening day in Oakland? Woo! I'm fucking jazzed, baby. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. How are you not jazzed? Gotta be. We got the fucking mountain of a left-hander on the bump. Yeah. Kyle Muller ready to mow motherfuckers down. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We're talking 95 plus from the left side. Big Molly. fucking benders and slidros and combios work in progress we're getting there baby i am fucking pumped you guys open at home this year open at home got the halos in town (laughs) uh yeah i mean look i i I said this last year with our roster there's a lot of dudes who are in a position to take the next step and obviously there's a lot of guys who are in a position to try to learn and earn a spot at the big league level and Mm. when you know where your team is at you understand what your roster looks like in your As opinion, a fan, and you're a you're personal excited assessment. about what I just said. Where are they at? I just told you where they're at. Just like you know, it's a new season; anything can happen. Um, no, not necessarily. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, baseball fans, America's pastime <laughs> is back. Step up to the plate for some season opener action with the DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now. New customers can place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Talk about hitting it out of the park. Plus, everyone, and that means everyone, can get in on the Major League action with a no-sweat bet from DraftKings. Opt in, and if your first bet doesn't win, don't sweat it. You'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. I might throw a money line bet on uh, on the A's on opening day. I mean, it wouldn't be a wouldn't be a bad bet. Wouldn't be a bad bet. I mean, you take a look at some of the division options as well. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's a. I mean, there's only two teams right now that have the odds stacked against them the way that the A's do. There's only one other team, and that's the Nationals, according to the DK Sportsbook. Mm. Talking about plus twenty. Most succinct way we can describe the athletics division chances are that there are five teams in the division. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why we're attacking the Oakland Athletics this morning. I don't know. We're not. Kind of feels that way. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Jared J A R E D. New customers can bet just five dollars on any pregame money line and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook promo code Jared J A R E D. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Um, okay, uh, I like I like where we're at right now. Good vibes, good energy. Baseball's back. Opening day on Thursday. Everyone's playing. Um, Jake, do you have anything you want to say on this uh, this first podcast of the 2023 uh, baseball season? Uh, first of all, I'll just start out with go Sox. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people are are feeling the same way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just just ready to go and make some of these uh, division predictions. Yeah, this is going to be great. So Jake's going to be leading the charge here with the division over under totals, division predictions, and we're gonna we're gonna fill out a whole little uh, postseason bracket, which surely is going to age well. That's how that's every single prediction that's made in March usually holds up by October. So uh, we're going to be making those predictions, and then again the season awards because i know people were asking about it on twitter like someone said like did i miss it no no no. it's it's always the week leading in and uh we're going to be making the awards predictions on the wednesday 
podcast. Just because the season doesn't start until Thursday doesn't mean that you don't get two episodes this week. You're going to get two episodes this week. So without further ado, <clears throat> shall we? Yeah, so shout out to uh, DK Sportsbook. They put together a little one sheet for us. We got mm-hmm. uh, all the odds for each division, odds to win each uh, league, American and national, and odds to win the World Series. So I think um, the way it works is they're ranked by percentage of handle, which means basically, for example, the AL West, the Oakland Whoa. A's are plus 25,000, and they are ranked fifth at 2% of handle. So that means... Two percent of everyone who's bet on the AL West has taken the A's to win the division, which is last. So uh, I think let's go ahead and start with the AL West. Let's start with the AL West. Sure, it's a good place to start. Yeah, what do you think? <clears throat> I'm not going to start. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I could start. I'll I'll, I'll say this: mm. this division, you don't just hand this division to the Astros. Okay. Yeah, you do. <laughs> You don't just hand this division to the Astros. I'm going to go ahead and hand the division to the Astros. I am. I know that's the easy thing to do. That's Mm -hmm. the easy thing to do, right? That's the lazy thing to do, in my opinion. Because this prediction thing could just, yeah, okay, they want to just move on. They're not the same team. They're not the same team. They're they're not not. the same roster. They might be better. Why? Why? I don't know if they're better. Why? Why can't the Mariners? make any noise why can't the angels make any noise why can't the rangers make any noise we're just handing this division to the houston astros once again i'm not saying that that's not something that can be done i would like to hear arguments in the place of that decision making as opposed to just lazily saying yeah astros next question because i think i think there's an opportunity for some teams to make some noise well so i guess the first thing that you would probably point out is they don't have justin verlander anymore but like doesn't a guy like Christian Javier just slide right in and say he might be better? Like the he might be better than the reigning Cy Young Award winner. He has he has the potential to be. That's an extremely aggressive statement to make. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know that that's true. I I think the whole thing with Javier is is can I mean you're not going to get the same workload. Like you're not going to get the same innings total that you would get from a Justin Verlander. But like pound for pound. Well, no, that matters. That matters a whole lot, my friend, because now because the trickle down effect, right? Because now guys that you're not relying on in certain spots in the bullpen are being relied on and bullpens are a great bullpen too. No doubt. But the idea is there. You're great for certain reasons in certain years, right? And if you have a starting staff that's been dynamic and is holding water, doing like all the dirty work per se. Now the guys in the bullpen, you know, it's a little something about holding water, the pressure, maybe not as great, but now you take some of those starters out, you take some of the length of their work out and that workload gets applied to the bullpen. And now they're asked to just do a little more and the workload's greater and how that bears out changes. So Mm -hmm. this is me. Like I said, is it, is it obvious that the Houston Astros are the power in the division? Sure. But what I'm saying is there's no reason to just hand it to them right away if you're being honest in the assessment of what other teams you think are are capable of doing. I I think there's a there's a world where the Mariners can win this division. I mean, I I buy into that. I would I think I'm in agreement certainly that the Astros are the favorite and for good reason, yeah. but like if you're trying to craft an argument for the Mariners, I think it begins with you know, steps forward from both George Kirby and Logan Gilbert relative to mm-hmm. what they brought last season and Jared 
Kelnick. Like, I think that's, it kind of is distilled just down to that because the Mariners received a lot of quantity out of their rotation last year. So I don't think you can expect like, oh, they're going to be like, they're going to get the third most innings out of their starting rotation again. But if they can get kind of development from Kirby and Gilbert and a more consistent season from Robbie Ray and all the reports about Robbie Ray's velocity, which seems to coincide really well with the success that he has in a given season are very positive from spring. And, you know, offensively, I think that's the huge differentiator between the Mariners on paper and the Astros on paper. And that's why Kelnick, who again, has also had a really encouraging spring, um, is kind of the gap the you know the guy who can maybe bridge a little bit of that gap. Yeah, bridge the gap for sure. I'm not going to put the responsibility on Kelnick just because of the fluctuation in performance that we've seen from him. I mean, this was a it's world not even beater. That fluctuating. He's just sucked. Well, well, that's what I was going to say. He's he's yeah. he was a world beater and then got here and got beaten by the world and had to go back down and figure things out. And you're starting to make those you know you're starting to make those adjustments. I, I'm just saying. And look at the lineup for the. For the Mariners, I mean, they've got guys. You add in, uh, you, you add in, um, fucking guy from Toronto, Hernandez, Teoscar, yeah, right? Teoscar Hernandez, um, which I still don't uh, understand that trade, by the way. I really don't. But you got, side, now, now you've Blue got, Jays? yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you got like think about their two through what two through four, two through five, maybe even two through six in in Seattle with uh, J Rod, um, Teoscar, Suarez, Ty France. Um, the fucking catcher, Cal Raleigh, like they've got, they've got, got guys Bob. that can, they got guys that can make fucking noise, man. So, mm-hmm. I, I, and they got guys that can put the bat on the ball as well. So those Dylan Moore. run scoring opportunities, um, yeah, more, um, so it's just, and, and then that wrote the rotation with Castillo, Gilbert Ray. I just, I, I think that the Mariners are quietly climbing the ladder. Sure. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I've got them making the playoffs, but I, I just I cannot a- entertain a conversation where they win the division over the Astros. Like several players have to die for that to happen. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's that bad. It's that bad. I, it's, I'm not saying the Mariners are bad. I have the Mariners making the playoffs. So this is not a disrespect to the Mariners. I think if you're a Seattle Mariners fan listening to this podcast, even they're being like, Dallas, come on. <laughs> like, like, come on. We, we, we're just happy to get in if we get in. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, think, I don't the, think so. I don't the goal, think so. Jared. The goal for the Mariners is to take us. St- I think, and we'll get to the win total stuff. I think the goal, if you're a Mariners fan, is to be better than you were last year, which I think that that's possible. I think that they, they could definitely be better than they were last year, but they landed in the playoffs last year. You can still make improvements, but where you are in the wild card standings is probably the goal versus like, let's take down the Houston Astros. Like that's a little overzealous, a little ambitious at this point. Not to say that like it can't find its level eventually, but I think it's too soon for that conversation. You got, oh, well, let me, let me, let's ask this question this way. And I, I, I feel like that's we're already question, getting, bro. getting a little deep in the, in, in the division thing here. Angels, Mariners. Who do you have finishing ahead there? So I'm, now you're making me tip my hand even more, Dallas. Mm-hmm. But I got the Angels making the playoffs too. So if you've got the Angels making the playoffs, you've got the Mariners making the playoffs, you've got mm-hmm. the Astros making the playoffs, there's only spots for two more teams, Jared, and we've got two more divisions. Yeah. 
if I mean, there's only a spot for one more wild card. Right. Those are three teams. Let's you know, the go cards. Red Sox. Let's, <laughs> Let's go Red Sox. Let's go Red Sox. Go Red Sox. I know we dump on the Angels, but like I look at this rotation and I do see a lot of potential mm-hmm. breakout here beyond Otani. Like Patrick Sandoval was already really good in the second half of last season. Tyler Anderson had a mm-hmm. sub three ERA over the course of an entire campaign last year. And there was nothing about it that suggests like like it was about his changeup and like that pitch still exists for him. And Reed Detmers like was Fuck a lot yeah. better over his final <laughs> dozen or so starts than he was through the first two or three months of the season. So like I I think these are all playoff teams. And if we're talking about the DK odds, like I think the stuff that uh, that Jake sent around had the Angels at plus 750 to win the division. I think that's one of the sneaky best bets that you could have if you're looking for a little bit of a long shot option. Well, and that's why that's exactly why I was looking at the Seattle Mariners for that same exact. For sure. The only difference is, is that the Angels odds are like twice as bad. Mm -hmm. Like I want to say the let's pull it up. Hold on. The. Yeah, the Mariners are plus 320 to win the division, it looks like, and the Angels are plus 750. Like, I don't see that level of gap between those two rosters to suggest between that the, the two Angels teams. are I mean, well, half as likely to especially win. With the, yeah, especially with the Mariners and the Angels slated to finish right behind each other, right? Yeah. So, I mean, when you talk about the size and gap between the odds there, I mean, <laughs> literally over double the odds. The scary thing about the Angels is they are one injury away from just being like yeah. a 60 win team. God forbid Shohei goes down, but even if he doesn't like Trout or even like Rendon has one of the years that he's been having, like that's all major red flags. Well, see, and that's that's where that's that's definitely a glass half empty outlook. Think about if the glass were to stay half full where Rendon doesn't go down and now he performs for the first time like they've expected him to in the last four years. Otani doesn't get hurt, and he just keeps doing Otani shit. Same thing for Trout. But now you've got a long list of other guys in this lineup that can make a fucking impact. Yeah, I would say that. Taylor Ward? Yeah. Like, uh, like have, have people forgot what fucking Taylor Ward is all about? He got hot. Taylor Ward was uh, was one of the best performers in the first half last MVP year. MVP of April. Period. He, he got hurt. He got hurt in a game against the A's, ran into the fucking wall. And hit his head, boom, and that fucked him up. That fucked him up. Shit Wall changed. For, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I think the division, I, and maybe this is me wanting it to be this way, wanting it to be more competitive than just handing it to the Astros. But I have a lot of optimism surrounding those two clubs right there, the Angels and the. Americans. What about the? I do think. Sorry, Jay. What did you say? No, go ahead. Well, I mean. Like you were saying, I mean, the Angels have always been the team that has a good upside just because of their star power. The difference this year is I think their rotation has a lot more upside this year than they have ever had recently, at least. Yes, their rotation does have more upside, and that's where you're going to need some help from the bullpen is to win some of those either tight games or a game where shit goes south early from the rotation. Do you have the horsepower? Do you have the depth in the bullpen to get through a game where you got to cover fucking 12 outs? I agree. I think I'm with Jared or close to Jared on the Christian Javier thing. Like, I don't think I could be any higher on him entering this season and what it could look like at the end of the year. But I do think it's fair to say that the Astros rotation 
is a little bit more predicated on breakouts that we anticipate happening than it has in previous seasons. Like Christian Javier may end up being as good as Justin Verlander, but Justin Verlander's placement at the top of that rotation locked in a certain level of excellence um, for the rotation yes. as a whole. And while, again, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier are, are, are Cy Young candidates, um, I do think like the Luis Garcia, Hunter Brown portion of the rotation uh, does leave them a little bit more, slightly more vulnerable than they have been in past seasons. And then the one thing that we haven't mentioned is the Jose Altuve injury, which like, I get it. He's going to play this season and play most of the year, but there is a window here at the start of the season for the first, what, what, what is it? Month and a half before mm-hmm. he's back on the field again, two months, uh-huh. maybe um, where I think they are a little bit, a uh, little bit more David Hensley manning second base. Like that's, he's not Jose Altuve with all respect to Mr. Hensley. No, I'm just telling you, man, the de- the depth and everything that makes the Astros super sexy year in, year out has slowly been chipped away at. It's not like a wholesale overhaul of this club, not at all. But I can tell you and I can speak firsthand to what it's like to have a guy like Verlander headlining a rotation and what that does for everybody else behind him. Because now with Verlander there, you're looking at Framber as a two, Javier as a three. And you're okay with rolling Urquidy and Garcia out to to round out the back end of the rotation. Now, everybody has slotted up one. And what you guys are talking about is heavy reliant, heavily reliant upon these dudes taking that next step, graduating into that upper echelon of arm. And if that doesn't happen, what does that look like? And that's where I think if the Astro, or excuse me, if the Angels and the Mariners can play anywhere near to their expectations, this division looks a hell of a lot closer. Hmm. Well, well but the fucking Rangers, we're just going to forget about they have no chance at all. They've been no. completely, completely forgotten about. <laughs> they have been completely shit on. I don't think that the entire conversation. I, yeah. Like, I, I, no, and to they answer are, your they question, are, they don't have a chance. I, I know they don't. And I think that adding Nathan Avaldi, Jacob deGrom, it's like I, I can respect the effort where you spend one offseason going up the middle adding Seeger and Simeon. And then the next offseason, you add Avaldi and DeGrom. <clears throat> With all those moves being made, does that still keep them out of the conversation of the Houston Astros, Seattle Mariners? Yeah, I, 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 they're still not there yet for well, me. Well, well because, because if you're going to have the conversation that you just had with the Astros regarding their pitchers and the need for them to step up to, to really like eliminate any thought of another team creeping on them, the same thing can be said for the Texas Rangers because if you lose a DeGrom, like you know you're going to at some point this year, and Ivaldi could potentially could potentially go, well, then what does that rotation look like now? And that's the difference, right, between the Rangers rotation and these and a couple of these other rotations that we talked about where you know, some of the Mariners and Astros' success is predicated on young pitchers taking that next step or, or continuing to be available. The Rangers, it's like, are these guys going to be ambulatory? Are they going to be available? Because they're all mm-hmm. veteran guys, right? So you've got mm-hmm. DeGrom's stuff is well known. But like Ivaldi has missed time. Andrew Heaney's availability has been on and off throughout the years, although he's been hit the, the missing bats portion of Andrew Heaney's career has been fascinating to see where he allows like four home runs and strikes out 12 and in six innings. Um, but I just think the offense is way, way behind. Namely, the Astros, but also several others in the division. There are just gaping holes in the bottom half of this. Unless you consider 
like Jonah Heim and Robbie Grossman and Brad Miller and Bubba Thompson to be acceptable starting players. And I just, if your goal is to win the division, which is kind of what we're talking about here, then I don't think they have any shot at all. I will say all of the data suggests that there may not be a single player who's going to benefit more from the elimination of the shift than Corey Seager, uh, who I think could be, you know, when you look at pulled batted balls, pulled balls on the ground, what he hit on those, the quantity of balls that he hit in that direction, like he's just inevitably going to see a nice bump. I just don't think that's going to be anywhere near enough. Yeah. I I also think that the starting point matters in terms of uh, adding DeGrom, adding Evaldi. Like the first team that popped into my head was the Baltimore Orioles. I think if if the Baltimore Orioles signed Jacob DeGrom and Nathan Evaldi this past offseason, no, we're not having a conversation about the Orioles winning the division or maybe making it to the postseason. But I think we're having a conversation where it's like, hey, this team took a, a big step forward last year. And how do they supplement that? They fucking added Nathan Evaldi and Jacob DeGrom. Like they, there's more optimism there with the Rangers. It's like. Well, those are moves to get you back to sea level. Almost. Yeah. Like with the Rangers, you're adding these guys like, yes, it's exciting. Like, yes, I can appreciate uh, the effort from ownership to, to add studs. But you're you're there's you're strapping a rocket to, to what to get to where like it's it just uh, it doesn't get them to a point where now you're having a serious conversation about them being contenders. I do think all of those pitchers after DeGrom are better than people think they are like casually think John Gray is better than people think he is. Heaney's been better than mm-hmm. think Martin Perez was awesome last year. Um, yes, he was. was. So I, I think the rotation sneaky good. Like it may still be the fourth best in the division depending on availability. But um, there's a lot of really good rotations in the AL West. I think that's one of my takeaways from looking at this is mm-hmm. old. Young, well, and that's where. Yeah. yeah, that's where again. I'm I I'm not I'm not so ignorant as to deny what is obvious with the Houston Astros. My whole argument for this division was has just been let's not just hand it to them and move on. Let's do what we did and let's have this discussion. That's all I was after. So it feels like we have flushed out this division and the potentiality for it. And I I just wanted folks, I wanted fans of other teams to hear that and not us just lazily hand it to the fucking Strohs and then ask the next yeah, question. Yeah, sounds like we flushed out the division. We talked about every meaningful team, every everything in the division, and we're just <laughs> ready to move on. We covered all the bases in the West. <laughs> Can't imagine why you're left on red, you fucking <laughs> cocksucker. <laughs> Before we move on, does anyone does anyone have the Angels making the playoffs besides me? Joey? Yeah. Jay, hey, let's go. <laughs> All right. I am very excited for uh, that conversation. <clears throat> that's going to be a, that's going to be something that's going to be an ongoing, I think, narrative or storyline is, uh, you know, coming off the World Baseball Classic, seeing Mike Trout, seeing get all these experienced big moments in the World Baseball Classic. How can they parlay that into a postseason berth for the Angels and how that will change the free agency uh, Hollywood story of Shohei and where he's going to go? That's going to be a fun story to follow. I hope that it happens. I hope that it happens. But the picks are in. And the smartest people on the podcast 
uh, have have definitely made the right decision here. Dallas being the the one person that doesn't have the Angels, which is you know that's that ALS bias showing. He probably has the fucking Oakland A's. But we'll get that to the we'll get to that point later when we when we reveal. Um, but he probably has the Oakland A's <laughs> catching that six wild card spot. Um, Jake, what um what divisions next? Uh, next up, we got the AL Central. Um, the Cleveland Guardians are favored to win the Central at plus one thirty, followed by the Twins at plus two fifteen, White Sox at plus two fifty, and the Royals and Tigers are both tied for last at plus three thousand. Yeah, what a boring ass division this is going to be. <laughs> um, the White Sox. I mean, so I think most of us probably have the Guardians winning this division and no wild card team. Does anyone have a wild card team coming out of the Central? No. No. Okay. Um, I, I obviously have the Guardians, but I think for me the the most interesting story in the Central this year is how we thought the Chicago White Sox had this window of division titles, postseason berths, deep playoff runs, maybe a title mixed in. We all know that the MLB postseason can be a, a luck of the draw type situation here. But I would have figured that once we sort of got that 2020 season from the Chicago White Sox, that we were about to embark on a run of lottery tickets essentially like you're getting to the playoffs on an annual basis you're making a run at a world series title and maybe taking one home and now we're talking about are they going to finish 500 are they going to be just barely above it are they going to finish below five i don't think they're going to finish below 500 um but that's the conversation I, I i i don't know i just i'm disappointed at what the white Sox could have become and i i've talked to some white Sox fans they are optimistic that things are going to be better simply because Tony La Russa is not managing the team anymore. I, I just don't think that Tony not being there makes that big of a difference. To no, where he was it, not that big of a detractor. No, no. But I appreciate like he's the just optimism. An easy, he's an easy blame spot. He's an easy, easy, yeah, he's an easy scapegoat. But no, the, the bottom line is this team, this team has way too much fucking talent to not be good. I agree. This team Here's has way thing. too much talent to not be good. Here's the thing is I agree on paper, but like the problem is, is that none of this talent is developing. And I think that is the story of the White Sox Eloy. and Guardians and the, and the paths that they've taken is that the Guardians are an elite developmental organization and the White Sox to this point have proven to be well below right. average. You just have to mm-hmm. like every single person, almost every single person who makes it to the Guardians main club ends up being a lot better than most people had anticipated them being or get better as they go along. You look at this White Sox team, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Yoan Moncada, Andrew Vaughn. That was supposed to be and Tim Anderson, who I'm putting aside because he's he's just good. But those other four guys were supposed to be the core of this next great Chicago White Sox run. And every mm-hmm. single one of those players has either stagnated or gotten worse. Part of that is injury, but part of that is is that when they've been on the field, they haven't been as good as people thought they were going to be. And that, to me, is like and that all. No, that's that's that's. That, I mean, that was exactly where I was going. That's why I said Eloy's name is because they had Abreu to cast a shadow, and they got to get comfortable in the shadow of Abreu at times. And whether he was leading the charge, whether he wasn't doing enough to carry the club, whatever, it just felt like the responsibility was never making its way down the totem pole 
to where Eloy lives, to where Moncada lives, to where Vaughn lives. It was all kind of settling on the shoulders of Abreu. He's gone. To the point of lack of development, nobody else has stepped up and jumped into that spot and said, I'll be the fucking dude. Hasn't happened. Hmm. Does anyone not have the Guardians? Everyone's got the Guardians. Okay. I don't I, I mean, I, what other conversation needs to be had here? I think uh, if you I want mean, to talk the, about the Minnesota Twins, you bring back Carlos Correa. Did the Twins get better? Well, I mean, are the, tw- the Twins right now, where are they? Are they, are they predicted to win the division? No. They're the second best odds behind the... Tw- plus 2,500? To win the... Wait, to win the division? To win or the no. division. Yeah, plus, oh, two, to, what, plus 215. White Sox are plus 250. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't... I don't see it with. I mean, this this is a like honestly, I feel like like again, once again, this division could you could look up and you could tell me that the White Sox got their shit together. They got a six and a half game lead, and I go, yeah, you know what? It's about time. Yeah, I you could it's about you time. Could definitely see the White Sox squeak. I mean, the the Guardians aren't the scariest team in the world. You know, they've proven that they've been the best team in the division last year, but the White Sox, you know, like if Eloy plays a whole season, Tim Anderson plays a whole season. It, like maybe they get better. I don't know. The Twins got better pitching. With what about? L- l- let's ask this question a different way. What about the Guardians? Makes it a no-brainer. If if it's a no-brainer, or what about the Guardians tells us this is why I'm. This is why I, I can't get off the Guardians. This is why I can't go with the White. Because they're the only organization that isn't like a shit show. Like the past five years, at least. Like the Twins have won a playoff game in decades, right? I mean, and then 2004. Yeah, we all watched what happened with the Sox last year. Yeah, I I think Joey basically just said in many words what I was going to say in one word, and it's it's history. Like I think I think we're going off of the track records of the three organizations, but kind of to circle back on the White Sox, I want to believe. But because of history, I don't like I've 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 seen See, and that's how I feel. That's how I feel about the fucking angels going to the playoffs. Yeah. Honestly, is yeah. I want to fucking like uh, who else on this podcast is blowing Shobay aside from Joe the way I, and, and like I want them to be good. It's so good for the division. It's so good for baseball because this team and this brand of baseball that they've been playing is an exciting one to watch, especially when they're performing. Is Dallas really but, claiming that like he's the only person that likes Shohei Otani? <laughs> that's that's no, that's your take. No, 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 no. That's not You're, what I said at all. I said I said who else is blowing Shohei the way I am, and I, I was going to start like you, rattling off names, and and I'm saying who else goes to bat for this team the way that I do, thinking that they've got what it takes to be competitive. They just can't get out of their own fucking way, whether it's in the draft or signing players that don't fit at the time or whatever it may be. There is, there's always something that they're putting in front of themselves. I think there, there's just too much. There's too much aligning in the baseball universe surrounding the Angels, where they they have to be one of the main focal points of this baseball season. Like, yeah, how disappointing would it be if the Angels just finished fucking with 
83 wins and then they miss the playoffs. They're third or fourth in the division again. It's like that can't that can't happen like that. If you're writing the story, if you're writing the script of how do we how do we keep eyeballs on the product during the offseason? It's like, well. The reason the focal point is the Angels is because let's say things don't go well. We're going to be having the conversation about Artie Moreno and the fact that he should have sold the team because what are they going to do now? Trudge along for the next 10 years doing the same shit. This was the year it was supposed to be different, and it's not. This was the year that they had to move away from Shohei. This was the year they had to move on from Mike Trout if they were going to do anything to rebuild this franchise, blah, blah, blah. Those are the conversations we're going to be having at the end of this thing. Mm. That's fucking brutal. Yeah, it's like the last uh, dance, but instead of the team being the Bulls who win the championship every year, it's a team that can't make the playoffs. And the goal is to like make the, Angels, the wild card. Like that's the last dance. Like, their success has such an impact or lack of success could have such an impact on Major League Baseball more so than than any other team's success or lack of just because of the two players we talk about and the potential for them to move. Like, I don't know that anybody really truly in their heart of hearts believes that Mike Trout ever plays for another team. But that's why it's an interesting conversation to have because you would have to ask, how serious are you about the future? If this guy's a no touch, hands off, and you're not doing anything else around him, like, what are we doing here? It's almost like as, yeah. as baseball fans, everyone rooting, we're all rooting for the Angels. We're pulling for them to be in that big stage. But it's like, maybe we're wrong. We should be rooting for them to just get shit on the first half. So they maybe trade Shohei to a contender, which I don't think it's going to happen. But who knows? But that's why, again, that's why it all is just the focal is there because you go back to the Artie Moreno thing. Is that what Artie's going to do? Is that why Artie didn't want to sell the team so that they could shit the bed this first half? He could trade Shohei (laughs) and then have to answer questions about Mike Trout. Is that the grand plan here for Artie and the gang is to be fucking terrible? The first like that's why this is just so interesting to watch. I love how we were talking about the White Sox being disappointing. And it's like, you know, who else is disappointing the fucking angels. We we circle back to that. We can't stop talking angels, man. It's just the fact like they are the most interesting bad team in the history of like baseball. It's just. (laughs) Should I call Max? (laughs) I mean, what's he going to have for us? I want to know if he's got the angels making the playoffs. Let's see. Before we move on from the, from the central though, can we just comment on how fucking pathetic and terrible the Royals and Tigers are? Like so bad. There, it's not just like they're going to be bad this season. Since 2017, this is the 28th and 29th best teams in baseball by win percentage. Only the Orioles have been worse, and I think we can all agree that there's light at the end of the tunnel for the Orioles with some of the prospects that are coming up. There is, there feels like there's literally no light at the end of the tunnel for either one of these franchises. Like yeah. I can't, I can't, other than Bobby Witt. And Pasquantino, yeah. like I can't name anybody oh. who's going to be a meaningful contributor on the Royals in two to three years. And every single one of the Tigers prospects who has come up has either gotten hurt or sucked. Now, maybe Riley Green and Torkelson don't end up sucking, but like their pitching staff, the, the vaunted pitchers that were supposed like Casey Mize injured, like unfortunate, but Tarek Skubal injured. The, when are these teams going to be good? The bar is really low to win this division, as we've alluded to, which is why I think it is possible that the White, I think the White Sox probably have the highest upside if everything clicks. But the the Guardians have such a high floor. But these teams, literally everything could go right, 
and they couldn't even get to the Guardians level. Like they're just so bereft of talent. I'm curious to know because you weren't here last year. Like I remember last year, me thinking like, "Oh, the Tigers have a chance to be like a sneaky yes. playoff team." Did you think that? I did. I actually did. I thought last year was going to be the year where the Tigers started to turn the corner, and it wasn't really even because of Baez. Like I thought Baez would be better than he was, but you saw the pitching. And you saw like Riley Green and Torkelson coming up. I was with you. I thought they'd be a sneaky threat to be like 500 last year. And it, I feel like they've gone backwards over the course of the last calendar year. Yeah, that was like a complete 180 where it's like they have a really good future young players. And then one year later, nope, they have nothing They're I mean, they're <laughs> still rebuilding essentially from the World Series run that's now over a decade ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like 2012. Quick math. That was 11 years ago. And they still, they really have never been relevant Back. since that run. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, 2014 was the end of that run. 2012 was the World Series year, but like they have one season above 500 since then. Um, it's just that place was cool. It was a cool franchise. It was a cool place to, for baseball to be thriving when it was good. And it's just, it feels so far away now. It really does. I, and I, I completely forgot about that until Joe just brought it up about how uh, there was some optimism yes. about the Detroit Tigers last year. Where And I, I don't know that it was entirely sparked by the Javi Baez signing, but at least that signing showed a commitment to let's, let's try and not be an abomination. Like, let's bring in some talent here and we're, we're going to pay for that talent. Um, and then... Uh, you know, Coley, Coley was saying, watching the, the World Baseball Classic, he's like, I, I honestly think that Javi Baez is fueled by the environment. Like having him play for Puerto 100%. Rico and seeing 100%. him like give max effort and, and whatever. I mean, it's a small sample size. Like any player can start off having a hot April. Um, maybe that's the same thing. But putting a guy like Javi Baez in Detroit, of all places, geographically, in the organization that he's in with the situation that he's in and that you get what you get. Like, I, I, just, I don't think that Javi Baez just fell off a cliff uh, production wise. I think it's, it's an environment thing, but um, yeah, that's the, and there that's talking tigers for 2023. <laughs> I can't imagine that we will hit on the tigers very much moving forward for the rest of the year. Jake, what else do you got? What, what division is next time for the East? Yep, my personal favorite, the AL East. Uh, mm. The Yankees are favored to win the division at plus 125, mm. followed by the Blue Jays at plus 205, the Rays at plus 340, the Red Sox at plus 1500, and the Orioles at plus 2500. Hmm. I don't think I'm allowed to start. Oh, please, please, by all means. I have a question you know for what? the Red Sox fans. No, that's about how actually. I felt. That's how I felt about their odds, too. Good. In your heart of hearts, if you had to take the Red Sox or the Orioles finishing higher this year, who are you taking? Oh, definitely the Red Sox. Oh, okay. Wow. Do you think they're closer? Do you think? Oh, let me rephrase then. Do you think they're closer to the Orioles or do you think they're closer to the Blue Jays Yankees? They're or Rays, if you think the Rays will answer that. Closer to the Orioles. Okay. But the Orioles are good. So. No, I think it's pesky too. I'm not really shitting on the Orioles. I just think like. To me, there's no no doormat team in the AL East. There is not one. There's no doormat team in the AL East. 
Um, you could you could have a 500 record this year and finish in last place. So uh, I think uh, they're probably closer to the Orioles than they are to the Blue Jays Yankees conversation. And Tampa's Tampa. You never really know what you're going to get. But um, I don't know. I I think the Red Sox will be in that 82 to 87 win range if they stay healthy. I can't I can't predict who's going to get hurt and whatnot. Um, I think if they do stay healthy, then yeah, you're talking about a team that could win in that 82 to 87 range. And if you do do that, you're talking six wildcard spots. Like 86 wins could get you in. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But um, that's the range that I have the Red Sox in, 82 to 87. The, Dan Zimborski, who does the Zips projections, which are housed on fan graphs, uh, he did the projected standings a little while ago. And I'm just fascinated by what his projections say because it's got the Yankees at 89, the Blue Jays at 88, and the Rays at 86 wins. And Jared's right. The lowest projected team is 79 wins. So there is no dog shit team in this division. But like, those three teams clump together within three wins of each other. And then you look at the odds that, DK, uh, that uh, Jake provided us from DraftKings, and you see that the Yankees are plus 125, the Blue Jays are plus 205, and the Rays are plus 340. Like, to me, if you're looking for a value, I mean, nobody likes betting on the Rays. It's no fun for anyone. But <laughs> no, but that's like if they're projected within three games of the top of the division, yet their odds are three times as long as the Yankees, like that a- to me feels like a pretty decent play. That's a value bet, and that's where the like that's the difference in a series, right? That's a season series, right? It's three games. That's a that's a that's a hot streak. That's a great week that the Rays had during a week where the Yankees did not have a great week, especially because these win projections are from a time. Rod, I believe Rodon's injury was already known, but Severino's was not. Um, so that brittle Yankees rotation, which is obviously very talented, feels a little, little uh, flimsy Vulnerable. to start the season. It's wild to me that the team with a roster as good as the Blue Jays can be projected at 87 wins. So low. I know. So low. Like, I think they're easily the most interesting team in this division. Yes. No, like, I, 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 I I want to roll with the Jays. Do it. I want to roll with the Go with the BJs, baby. I'm rolling. (laughs) I'm fucking down for the BJs. Mm-hmm. Down I for just, them. You know, uh, because they've got they've got like here's what's interesting. Huh? <laughs> you pissed off Garrett, bro. Bro, I, <laughs> I just here's what know, uh, I mean for Pete's sake. <laughs> the uh the the Blue Jays, they've got they've got some questions in that in that lineup that are going to have to be answered for me sooner rather than later if they're serious about contending at the top of this division. And I'm looking at you, Brandon Belt, and I'm looking at you, Kevin Kiermeyer, and I'm also looking at you, young Dalton Vershaw. I loved all of those pickups. <laughs> I loved all of those pickups for the Jays. I agree there are some questions that have to be answered by them, particularly Whatever contribution Brandon Belt's going to make this year, where, but, where are you going to put him, Jay? Hey, you're excited. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not attacking you, saying you're excited about Belt. Where are you going to put him? But I mean, that, I think it's mostly me, DH, right? Yeah, but that that's why. Like, and if he doesn't hit, yo, yeah, buddy. I mean, come on. I think they're so they're that, that's why. Like, we got we got to well get enough. that production. 
sooner than later from him. For sure. And you also like the open question of just what caliber of star is Vlad Guerrero Jr.? Like, is he a really good player or is he an MVP candidate? Because those are the two things that we, we've seen from him in his career. In 2021, mm-hmm. it was an MVP candidate. And in every other season of his career, it's been something much less than that. And I think the idea of the Blue Jays is sort of predicated on him being an MVP caliber talent. Um, or one of him and Bo Bichette being an MVP caliber talent, whoever wants to step up. But I do think that's kind of kind of built into the sauce here as to how they win the division. And I also think yeah, Jose Perio is on the short list for like most fascinating players in this entire division because Oh my God. I mean Jay, when you, like he's when they a, he's got a dude. Him, he he mm-hmm. No, he, I was gonna say when they got him, that, like it felt like they were putting one of the final pieces of the puzzle together and Yes. And he was fine for them after he they got him in 21. And then last year, he was terrible. He was just like, yeah. of guys who took the ball all the time, he was one of the least effective pitchers in baseball. Um, Jay, he was my he was my fucking Cy Young pick last year. And it oh, was all yikes. based on everything. It, You're it was, a fucking you know, idiot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, was all, it was all, I was like, dude, you're going to plug him in up there after what we just saw in the second half. And he's going to have a full year. And this fucking offense, like, yeah, he's going to, he's going to, Get real comfortable. Want to hear a funny stat? And yes, his manager this uh, WBC, Yadier Molina, had a higher pitching war than him last season. Oh my god, Jesus, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I, uh, I do think, I do think this rotation is set up where he doesn't have to be a frontline starter for them to win the division and have a lot of success. Like he just he needs to be better than he was last year because. I think on paper you can be comfortable with him being your fourth best starter in this rotation. Yeah, but if he's but not good and Kikuchi's to, not good no, though, yeah. right? Like totally, they did not acquire him to be their fourth best starter. But they also have Alec Manoa who has arrived. They have Kevin Gosman, opening day starter Alec Manoa, who's That's a right. legitimate mm-hmm. frontline guy now, and they have Chris Bassett who I think was a really underrated signing by them and slots perfectly into the middle of that rotation in terms of availability and effectiveness. Like I did you. Did you see that Alec Manoa dunked on Hubs? No, but lo- I mean, literally a low bar, right? Yeah. The U.S. <laughs> back, baby! He oh dunked he, on him. Yes, uh, Hubs essentially said that Alec Manoa is too fat <laughs> to be effective with the pitch clock. I can't. I honestly can't believe what passes for baseball analysis over there. <laughs> it's bad. That's real bad. That's bad. You got to know baseball. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't, I don't get the whole, like, I don't, I don't get the Manoa weight thing. Like, when has that ever been a fucking issue for him? Like, he's a, he's not fat. He's like a, he's, I mean, this is going to sound bad coming from me. Like, I'm going to like come off defending the, the thick community because I am part of it. But, uh, cause that's what you're, cause that's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's what uh, you're doing. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah, but Noah, but, not a fat guy. You fat guy and man. ready to defend other fat guys. So go for it, please. But I just wanted to make that distinction for the fans. Manoa, call, I, not the I, fat guy. I called myself Jared out. ready to defend other fat guys, though. Go ahead. I, I had to call myself out before you had the opportunity. Uh, I think <laughs> Alec Manoa is not fat. He's just he's a he's a thick boy. I've, I've met him. I've, I've stood side by side with him. Um, we blocked out the sun together, but I think 
the mass equals gas Lance Lynn narrative, it plays. CC Sabathia plays. Like yeah. he's not out there sucking wind because he's out of shape. If you watch the dude train, like he trains like an animal. Like he his cardio is just fine. And well, he, that's the clearly thing. if he's the opening day starter, he's just fine in terms of ha- carrying some extra LBs and being able to turn that into velo. Like I played with a guy who looked like he was a fucking comic strip superhero. <laughs> the guy not available, not on the mound. Incredible shit, but just wasn't healthy. And sometimes there's guys who don't look like that that you can absolutely attach your wagon to. Manoa's a guy who but buddy, what you want to fuck? <laughs> I'm not here to win a fucking bathing suit contest and give a fuck about how I look in the speed. I don't give a shit. Here comes mid nines, some wipeout fuck you stuff and my attitude to go along with it. That gets outs. Piss off. Also, fucking Kevin Gosman was fifth in F4 last year in baseball. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or t- actually, it was tied for fourth with Alcantara, who won the fucking Cy Young in the NL. So, Splitty. Like, I know it took Kevin Gosman a little while. He's he's there now and should be treated like a legitimate ace. And like, what's the separation between Gosman and Garrett Cole at this point? Balls in, per- in perception. I think there's quite a bit in production. I think there's not so much. Um, but are we? I'm taking the Blue Jays. I am too. Wow. Mm-hmm. If welcome, aboard. it feels. I it mean, doesn't it well, feel like a trap on. that we fell in before? No. Yeah. Let me let me let me make this let me make this point. Absolutely. Because there will be Yankee fans being like, "You're only picking the Blue Jays because you hate the Yankees." But bro, you guys have a fucking two man rotation right now. Yeah. The, Rodon Severino, like who, who else? Fucking um, uh, your boy Dallas. Fucking uh, why am I blanker? No. Who you talk, what, Montas, who you about? Montas. Oh. Uh, they have a fucking two man rotation and you're banking on Garrett Cole, who's been a model of uh, consistency in terms of health. He's been super durable, not saying he's due, but that's kind of scary that he's just, you know, he's chugging <laughs> along and I'm, I'm just saying he's chugging along into his mid thirties. He's never had a fucking serious injury. Tick tock. Uh, and then, what and then a- you have, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> You're I'm an asshole. <laughs> I'm not an asshole. I'm, uh, that, I'm, am I wrong? Guy, guys been super healthy. Be, I, I'm not, I'm not wishing injury on anybody. I, I'm not an injury guy. Well, it sounds like you're raising that as a point to concern yourself with. I mean, it's if, if this movie is Final Destination, <laughs> guess who is sitting the, in the next seat? You. Garrett this is Cole. the first ever. This is the first ever. Uh, hey, I, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Guy's been super healthy and durable literally his entire life. Yeah. So if there was ever a time, <laughs> there was ever a time for him to go down again. This if this is Final Destination. You know, Damn. guess who was sitting by the fucking emergency exit? Garrett Cole. Uh, <laughs> and then Nestor Cortez. I mean, he had the what? The fucking fake hammy injury because he didn't want to represent his country. And then, you know, he, he was a first half wonder. But the second half, like, you know, he, he came back down to earth. So you're the fact that, you know, he's being called an ace or a frontline guy. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I love it. All, all the and things you go after Garrett Cole for it. Now it's like, he's too healthy. <laughs> it's health. not good. He's too healthy. <laughs> he's too healthy. <laughs> he's too healthy, man. Something's so right I don't know. We'll see what happens. But even if he does miraculously stay healthy for the entire season, uh, 
<laughs> he's only one guy. He can't take the ball every single game. He's only going every fifth day. And, uh, you know, no disrespect to a guy like uh, Clark Schmidt. There, there's just um, I just I don't I don't see it. how are you going to piece that rotation together. I mean, they're throwing guys out there that we've never even heard of before. And obviously, Aaron Judge is going to regress. He's not going to hit fucking 60 plus homers again this year. And he was their entire offense. So, yeah, I mean, Anthony Volpe, very ex- positive, positive. Anthony Volpe, congratulations on making the opening day uh, roster. Yes. That was a really yes. cool video. He deserved Card it. Stock, card stock through the roof right yep. now. Yep. Multiple was- Volpe autos that I was extremely excited about when he was announced to make the roster. There you go. Uh, Anthony Volpe, very excited to see him out there. That was the correct call. Get IKF out of here. <clears throat> um, uh, Aaron Boone. Was on uh, uh, John Boy in John Boy's podcast with Jake. Uh, I think it was talking Yanks. They were talking about, uh, you know, give me one guy that's going to surprise us this year. Booney said our boy Josh Donaldson. No. Who's basically in, in full fuck it mode. Like he's just like, he, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm fucking washed up. No one believes in me. So I'm just going to go out there well, and sock fucking 35 homers. Hold on. Hold on. I, I want to hit on that because. Like there's really good reason to not believe in Josh Donaldson at this point. His let me let me drop a stat on you. Only <laughs> I think one you're person give us in baseball. <laughs> only one person in baseball saw a larger drop in average exit velocity last season than Josh Donaldson did. Like there is there are alarming things about his batted ball numbers from last season that suggest that it might be impossible for him to turn it around. Um, so it's had a hot I spring. I appreciate that Booney is optimistic. Uh, I think there you focused on the pitching. I think there is legitimate collapse potential on the offense, too. Like, I know the Yankees can kind of fall ass backwards into an above average offense every year. But you go up and down this lineup and it's like I I already said what I was going to say about Josh Donaldson. I'm not optimistic. Aaron Hicks sucks. Isn't really good, right? He's not really a good offensive player and hasn't been for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton, who is on my personal Mount Rushmore for players to have watched over the last 10 years, uh, saw his OPS drop by 110 points to a career low last year and was available for 450 plate appearances. So it's not like one of those seasons that was just a complete wash. Mm -hmm. And I think DJ LeMahieu is starting to show his, I mean, he's almost 35 years old. He's still alive. Yeah. He's starting to show signs of age too. And I just think like outside of maybe having the best pure hitter in the sport right now and the excitement that comes with, um, and and Jay, hey, you know who ain't walking through that fucking door? Tino Martinez, Roger Maris Jr. and all his. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, good. Oh. that's true. They lost Roger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how would they gonna Damn. do it, man? Where's the motivation now? They don't have a yeah, the son of a former Yankee great in the house. They literally had a sign in the clubhouse last year that said "Rally for Roger," but in parentheses it says "Junior." <laughs> It was, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, where they're going to get it from, but um, that's why I'm going Blue Jays. And it's, it's not, it's, it, listen, no bias here. I don't have anything against the Yankees or their organization. Um, I'm, big, I'm a big Oswaldo fan. I advocated for Anthony Volpe all spring, multiple tweets saying, what are the Yankees doing? They've absolutely got to have him on the opening day roster. They do. I was happy for him. I'm excited for the fans. Uh, if you're a Yankee fan, listen to this podcast. Thank you. But, um, Listen, they're just not as good as the Toronto Blue Jays. I like them bringing back Rizzo. Mm-hmm. He was like s- sneaky, really good last year. 
He takes this. Well, he, he like R- R- Rizzo is just for me. He's one of those guys that um, like he's like a uh, he's like a Napoli. Like you just you want him around. You need him around. He he's gonna help in different ways that you might not be able to quantify. There's a, a certain level of expectation when you show up when he's there. And I'm not saying Nap had all of that, but Rizzo I think embodies a lot of that. Well, he also you know lineup balance might be overrated, but he also gives them a left-handed batter. You know that's no, that's I don't something. Think it, I don't think it's overrated at all. I don't think it's overrated at all. And the shift probably going to help a lot. No shift for him is probably going to be good. Yep. Can't hurt. Mm-hmm. Definitely can't right. hurt. So um, we got the Jays out the East. Yep. Um, I, I before we move on from the AL East, I was going to ask Jay Hay this question: uh, Where, when, where is the Rays cliff? How do they keep doing it? We didn't even talk about the Rays. They make the playoffs every year. They always win over ninety games. There's never any excitement about them coming into the season. How do they do it? When does it stop? Does it stop? Um, so th- the way that it happens is that I think it's a lot like the way that Cleveland continues to churn, even as they go through stars and it's player development. Um, and it's oftentimes on the pitching side. Like you just, we see these trades where they send out a Blake Snell or they further back, they send out a James Shields. And we always assume that there's not going to be the guy to backfill. And there really always is. And even when they, you know, Shane McClanahan was the, the elite prospect that was ready to backfill the the Blake Snell spot, so to speak. But then you also have like lesser known developmental, like monumental achievements, really, like Drew Rasmussen's stuff um, and the quality of his stuff and how that was playing up as the season went on last year was noteworthy. Jeffrey Springs, I mean, kind of out of nowhere has turned into a really effective pitcher for them. I know he's been in a hybrid role. looks like he's going to be in the rotation this year. And then you just have their constant stream of relief pitchers currently led by Fairbanks and Jason Adam, where it's like, there's just no end to that. And I think having that pipeline of pitching that kind of never stops gives them a floor that allows them to trot out some offenses that I think are the part that frustrates me about the Rays is they never, ever put any chip in. They just take them out. And I wish, I'm not a Rays fan, but if I was a Rays fan, I would wish that one of these years they would actually supplement this roster with players that are good, as, as opposed to just trying to get the most efficient 88 wins that they possibly can get, or the most efficient 93 wins that they can possibly get. I think they're a great sneaky candidate much like the angels i think they're the best value in this division jay i think i think the brain trust of the tampa bay rays understands one thing very clearly though and that is in this game of baseball you are never one player away you're never two players away because you can look across the divisions and see teams that have a wide, wide gap between their talent or perceived star talent and the Rays and see the difference in success. I mean, look at the Texas Rangers <clears throat> supplementing their self, themselves with the half-billion-dollar infield that everybody refers to. Are either one of those additions to the Rays the get-me-over-the-hump move? Are both of those additions to the Rays the get-me-over-the-hump move? No, you probably know, and, not. 
but I but I do think the Rays have done that sweet spot where an extra win or two or three added to their roster in any given year could be really important. Um, and and they so rarely make that push. And I just think as you know, if we move if we remove the baseball as a business element from this and focus on what is the best entertainment product or what would I want as a fan, it would be for the Rays to act differently. Going back to Jared's question though, really fast. The other thing that stands out to me about this roster is what percentage of these players were acquired via trade. Um, like the vast majority of these people came via trade. Yandy Two Diaz, thirds of their trade. lineup. Randy Rosarena trade. Harold Ramirez, Manuel Margot, Isaac Paredes, Christian Betancourt, Jose Siri, all via trade. Um, Zach Eflin was a free agent signing, but Springs, Rasmussen, both trades. Like there is a player so, so, development thing going on here, but there's also no, a, say it. Say be, the S word. Say the S word. What's what's what S word? Ska, ska, ska. Scouting. Oh yeah, no question. I mean, scouting. I think so. I think here, th- th- those are to, two to teams. Your point about that, scouting. This is the team that you should always be careful to not trade with. I think because there are too many instances of this team acquiring a guy and having him be demonstrably better than he was on his previous team. Yeah, I don't care if we're playing poker and you're holding seven two offsuit and the Rays come by and look over your shoulder and look at your hand and then they and then they give you the eyes like hey all right you're like what 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 do you mean like this is this is literally the worst possible hand i could have why do you like it what what are you seeing what do you got going on here and it like it gives you pause for concern but that's to your point about cleveland as well that's something that they do they scout and they develop and these are two things that are so important in today's game if you're going to be playing the economic role or the you know trying to as you say achieve 88 to 93 wins the most efficiently way possible how does that happen those two things right there those two things are major major factors in how an organization can separate themselves and become efficient while not being able to be as economically strong as they'd like to be. Identify tools, sharpen the tools, use the right tool for the fucking job. That's what they do. No question. And I also think one of the mistakes that we all, me, the the community in general makes about looking at the Rays in doing season previews like this and trying to project what they do is we all fall in love with the rotations that have the studs, the horses, the guys that we know are going to give six, seven, eight innings every time. Maybe the rotation has two or three of those guys. Cleveland is an example of that. Obviously, with the Mets are building some Astros. But it's not in modern baseball. It's not how far does your first pitcher go. It's how effective are all of the pitchers that you're going to throw in a given game. And so when we look at the Rays and we see, well, shit, Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen and Zach Eflin are the guys behind Shane McClanahan. Okay, that's that's underwhelming a little bit, but you also have to remember that those guys are very likely to be throwing four and two thirds or five and yeah. a third or three right. and a third. And then they're getting backed up with one of the best bullpens in baseball where every asshole that comes out of there is, you know, like we always talk about is pumping a hundred is pumping 98 is has a 92 mile an hour break me off slider. Like the, the, it's the not holistic just from there, approach Jay, hey. that the Rays have it's not just for-, for nine innings is just as effective, if not more effective than the approach that a team with a stud horse at the top of the rotation or two is employing as well. So I think that I make that mistake all the time. Um, yeah, and it doesn't. And that's the other thing is it doesn't stop there. I try to remind people all the time with the Rays, they're looking at the AAA roster as well as just a mere extension, just a mere extension of their big league roster. That's all it is. These are extra guys that I'm 
willing to plug in at any point in time when we need to, when the numbers and the, the roster construction tells us we need to make a move and the production tells us we need to make a move. We have got a roadmap that, that right there. It's not, I mean, it is difficult and it is convoluted and it is detailed, but that is that simple as to how the Rays continue to do shit like this. They got some, they got some guy that's going to make an impact this year. And nobody on this podcast even knows that guy plays fucking baseball right now. Yep. I I just got some dude canceled by an accident. My my bad. What are you, what are you doing? Before we went on the, the, before we hit record, um, I, I tweeted like, Hey, like, there's fucking baseball, like Red Sox baseball this week. And some dude replied and he was like, you fucking blow the WBC. Do you even care about MLB, blah, blah, blah. And his profile picture was him like with his hair. I can't, I can't talk, but it quaffed. And then he's, he's in a pool with his arms up on like the end of the pool, but he's looking off into the distance. And so I said, sick pool pick looking away from the camera that you know is there like a Christian rock band album cover. And then people searched his tweets and he had some very problematic tweets. And then they tweeted the screenshots at him and then he deleted his account. (laughs) So listen, hey, don't talk that shit. Don't talk that shit. That's it's it's you're always a gangster until it's tweets not loading. (laughs) You know? Dude, dude just got wiped off the fucking internet <laughs> for trying to say that, oh, you, you enjoyed the World Baseball Classic, so that means you can't be excited about opening day now. You got to pick one. Yeah. Either you're a World Baseball Classic guy or you're a fucking MLB guy. You can't be both, bro. Clearly, he's a potty mouth. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I've got some takes on, on foreigners <laughs> that you need to hear. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. The fucking worst people exist uh, on Twitter, man. I tell you. Uh, all right. Let's get to the fucking NL. Well, let's fucking get, hit, get to the blue moon because oh, some beers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Some beers. Yeah. And say that they're brewed for baseball, but uh-huh. only blue moon is brewed by baseball. Beer and baseball just go together and no beer goes better than the one that was literally born, born in a ballpark. In a yeah, in a ballpark. Every beer was brewery. born in a brewery. You brewery fuck. born in a ballpark. Brewery yeah. born in a ballpark. Blue Moon was created at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. It's the natural choice for opening day and all season long. Thursday, uh, I got my guys upstairs right now. They're they're uh, tackling the media room. They're hanging up the big seventy five. Um, by the way, the, uh, I haven't I haven't debuted what it looks like, but the new TV wall is something to behold. And uh, we're building. I'm building a bar. In the media room. So I'm going to reach out to Blue Moon and be like, hey, let's get some Blue Moon taps in there. Let's get some Blue Moon neon signs. Let's let's make this a Blue Moon bar in the media room, uh, obviously, which obviously won't be done for opening day. But maybe by the All-Star break, we'll have some uh, some Blue Moon signage going on in there. And um, uh, obviously, we'll be having can, Blue Moons in the media room. Yes, Dallas. Can we call it the LZ? <sighs> what does that stand the, for? The landing zone. <laughs> It's where the rocket lands. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. I mean, buddy. Yeah, I could. Added hat. I tip it. Oh, from it with its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. 
Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale is one of a kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one of a kind? It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color and iconic orange slice ritual guarantees a one of a kind beer experience. Perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale. It's a one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoon.com for beer and baseball merch or visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket to find Blue Moon delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket. Blue Moon made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Movie, uh, Jake. Oh, Jake, what do we got for uh, the first NL division that we're going to tackle here right now? Uh, we'll start with the NL West. Okay. The Dodgers Ooh. are favored to win it at minus 110. What? Followed by the Padres at plus 120. The Giants at plus 950. The D-backs at plus 4,500. And the Rockies at plus 18,000. You know what? Wow. You know what? In the air to right field. Towards the corner. It's the year. It's gone. This is the year. This is the year. I feel like they're, uh, you know, you can never bet against the Dodgers. But if you were to do it, this is probably the year to do it. Because the Dodgers, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe Jay Hay knows this. Uh, they did not go over the luxury tax this year, correct? Yes. So they're telling you right now, we're not really going for it. Like we, we've got the players and we've got the talent to do it. Obviously, if they're favored to win the NL West, they've got the talent to do it. But they're telling you, Andrew Friedman saying, we're not really going for it. Like we might, we might do it. We might do it, but we're not putting forth all of our efforts. And I think it's pretty obvious why they're trying to get under the luxury tax to reset the penalties to then be like, hey, Shohei, how does seven hundred and fifty yep. million dollars sound? Sound pretty yep. good. This is yep. a fucking this is just sitting for Shohei. That's yeah. all that is. Yeah. Sitting for Shohei. But mm-hmm. what a luxurious spot to be in to be able to say, you know what? We're not Still really going to team go that's for favored. It. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so but are they so they're. Are they, they so the pod, I thought the Padres were favored to win the division or projected to win no. the division on nope. Fangraphs. Maybe are we sure they about are. that? Oh, on Fangraphs. I, yeah, last last time last time I looked, I was I I I'm think I I'm almost positive they are. Uh, I'll tell you right now, you've got the. It, I I believe the Padres are the only ninety win team in that division because they are slated to win 90 games. The Padres are correctly. 90 and 72, there Dodgers 87 and 75, which is why this is garbage. Like the the most the team that the that Fangraphs has as leading the majors in in wins is the Braves with 92. Oh, that's garbage. Yeah. The, the yeah. 92 wins to lead the majors? Well, that is ridiculous. They should get more than that, but I mean, th- those projection systems are always going to crunch the edges a little bit. Um, I, I, I think it's. I, I think the Braves being the best team is le- is a legitimate thing, though. Like, I think that's definitely like possible. that. Yeah, that's that's viable. That's viable overall. But in this division, all right, in this division, 
there's probably a couple teams, a couple, maybe three teams that we could just based on the other two teams. Is that fair to say? But it feels like, and I, Joey, you said it earlier, or who, who's, I think, said, is this a trap? When, when we were talking about, um, talking about the central, Toronto. right? No, yeah. we were talking about Toronto. Or Toronto. Yeah. So, so is it, is this a trap? Is this a trap? The Padres have done what they've done, have made the noise that they've made, and the Dodgers are still, as you said, still slated to win more games, still slated to take the division. Is it a trap picking the San Diego Padres? I think it's a trap just because, yeah, on paper they're better, but even last year after the deadline, the Padres were probably better on paper just looking at the rosters and the Dodgers outperformed them by a lot because the Dodgers are like the Dodgers are basically the Rays with money the way they they move and the way they like well that's they just exactly yeah, who they are <laughs> they just win even if they don't have stars and they do have stars so I think I, well, for I mean, me I mean I, I'm picking the Dodgers for just for that alone because We've seen this before. Not to say that the Padres, I mean, the Padres beat them last year in the playoffs, but over 162 long season, like. So here's, here's, here's the thing though. Here's the thing with the Dodgers. uh, Jared referred to the Yankees as having a two man rotation. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying the Dodgers have a two man rotation. That's not what I'm saying at all, but they do have Dustin. What's that? That kind of feels like where you're going. (laughs) No, the dot, the, the, so you've got Clayton Kershaw on a one-year deal. Is it his? Is it his last go? Is this? Is this the swan song? That I, I just keep going back to like Kershaw being the same age as Degrom, and <laughs> that just blows everyone's minds every time that they hear it. <laughs> yeah. The numbers and the the yeah. Well, I mean, and what's crazy is, wouldn't you wish for Degrom? Like, could you imagine what it would look like if Degrom stayed healthy the way Kershaw stayed healthy? I mean, Kershaw, like, you could say, didn't really stay healthy and still put up Hall of Fame numbers. Well, I mean, not, but not towards, the, I mean, towards the back end of his career, was he not but healthy? Is it as, like, I, I, the back end in terms of if you took the, the years and then said, oh, the back end here, but like he, what is he, 34? Kershaw, 34, 35, probably. Yeah. yeah. So it's like he's just now entering the back years. Like we shouldn't. Like if he had stayed healthy, Buddy, he's got 14 years in the fucking league. That's what I'm saying. Like just because he's, you know, like, like when, when you, athletes age, like fucking like dogs, bro. Like that's what, but like, like, but Kershaw right now, you're saying he's in the, the, the back end, like well, I'm saying was, for the first 10 ba- years of Barry his career, Bonds like, was just warming up <laughs> by 34. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> well, there's a couple, there's a couple different things at play there. You know, there are a couple different things at play. Like um, what? Both West coast guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, Clayton Kershaw for the first 10 years of his career Jared is pumping out 200 fucking innings a year 200 plus innings a year uh, making 30 plus starts mm-hmm. so like uh, and, and when I say back in now we're talking the last I don't know three years four years where he's not making 30 starts I mean there was some injury history before that but he's making 30 plus every year for 10 fucking years damn yeah like that's a pretty good run especially <laughs> I do think Someone, the one of my buddies just sent me a text message. I, I don't, I don't know. The, actually, the dude, the dude that I read his text message last episode about him just getting back into baseball, he just sent me. I, I didn't open it, 
but uh, he just sent me a TikTok and he said, this is great. Guess who the the TikTok creator is? Not me. Yep. Uh, it's obvious. <laughs> go, go, go viral on TikTok every day, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> Baseball Good doesn't exist, bro. TikTok superstar. Right. But looking at looking at that rotation, you've got Kershaw, Swan Song, Dustin May, bounce back. Why are you so convinced of that? Why am I so convinced of what? Kershaw that, Swan Song? Yeah. He's back on a one year deal, right? But he's been on a one year deal, right? Wasn't he just didn't he just take a one year deal to come back last time? Didn't we just go through this process with him? No. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I mean, he's like, and part of my saying that is because of what we've seen, what he's experienced health wise the past two years, three years. You know, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. I'm, not, I'm right. I'm right. So fuck you for laughing, Joe. Three, no, he I signed three years. Oh, three years, ninety three. He signed a three year deal from nineteen to twenty one, and then he mm-hmm. signed a one year deal for seventeen million in twenty twenty two, and then he signed a one year deal for twenty million which is weird that he signed for more uh, getting older um, for 20 million. So it, he gets, it's a $15 million deal with a $5 million signing bonus. So it counts as 20 million for this year. Yeah, I don't know. I it just, it's, I don't know. One year. De- I don't know. Curious to me, maybe, maybe, and <clears throat> maybe that's him. Like, you know, feeling this out. Hey, don't know if I can make a, this is this is I mean it's not it's not the perfect comparison but this is what the Red Sox did with Tim Wakefield. It's just like he got to a certain age where they were like we'll give you a one if you want to keep coming back we'll keep giving you a one year deal but we're not going multi year like for, at, given the circumstances. So it's yeah. he probably can just print one year deals with the Dodgers for as long as he wants. But it's not like it's not like Clayton Kershaw's corpse is out there. He had a fucking 2.28 ERA last oh year God. and 126 in a third innings. <laughs> <laughs> he had fucking he his strikeouts per nine had to have been yeah his strikeouts per nine were almost 10 <laughs> 9.8 he had a he had a sub one whip 0. 0.94 and yeah. he had a 228 era and 126 in the third innings like, so yeah, after kershaw and urius you've got may on the bounce back cinder and Pepe, am I wrong? Syndergaard's yeah. going to have like a two, three this year for sure, probably for sure. Right. <laughs> you got twelve strikeouts yeah, per nine, but, the, but but that that was my that was my like that's where I that's where I went when it came to the Dodgers is Urias Kershaw. You can check those boxes. We know what May is capable of. That that, that is absolutely disgusting. Like other planetary, that's alien type shit. His stuff, Syndergaard. If he's figuring out the touch and feel, love that. Love that for him. Love that for him. And then the young fella. Pepio. I, I, I think I mean, you guys have said it. I think this is more vulnerable than their rotation has been maybe the, during their entire run here. I, I like mm-hmm. the Kershaw point. Yeah, it's like clearly, he, clearly it has. <clears throat> you're, you're penciling him in. But to your guys point, he has thrown. He has not thrown 130 innings since 2019. Um. So the quality is still very high. We threw 126. I mean, like we're right on the line. I, I'll take I'll take 120. No, no. I was just I was just saying, like, w- regardless of where I draw the line, like 126 over 22 starts is not a lot for your number two starter. Um, and to the Dustin May point, like as nasty as he is, there is going and they've already established this. 
there's going to be workload limits placed on Dustin. Yeah. And I am, mm-hmm. I'm just going to draw the line on this one. I'm on the way opposite side of Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> I don't think yeah. he has the touch and feel. Like, I don't think he is that kind of pitcher. And all velocity reports from him have been, uh, at least that I've seen, have been super discouraging. What? Here's, uh, here's the stat I want to drop on Kershaw, though. <clears throat> oh. Since he last won a Cy Young. So he has not won a Cy Young since 2014. Okay. Since he last won the Cy Young, he has a 2.48 ERA. <laughs> like he's pitched eight seasons since his last Cy Young, and he has an ERA under two and a half on that stretch. And we're like, it's over. Yo, he's probably it's over a thousand dude innings. Watched, dude, what? Yeah, it's twelve hundred innings. It's insane. It's insane. Like, cause yes, this is the back half of his career. If you're dividing it by a first half and a second half and his ERA is 2.48 is in the fucking washed up portion of his career in sketchers. Well, look, I mean, like, look like his career ERA, his career ERA is what? goes down every year. His career ERA is 2.48. It's literally you know exactly how- what it's been over his last eight seasons that I just read. Like, it's the same ERA. He's so fucking like, good. Like, the, 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 to, to, do, like to do that, Jay, all right, do, okay, so we know, we know it's that for the last four, yeah. eight years, which is so fucking, I'm just, I'm trying to wrap my fucking head around that right now. Um, give me the first, the first, because um, what's he got, 14 years in? The first seven, and so what through, that career ERA looked like. Yeah, so through or, his for, first years. six. So through his his oh you know what it is it's two point four eight he has the same ERA over his fucking washed up stretch that he did during his first seven seasons when he won all the Cy Young but but did so during during that first seven though did we we watched the career ERA just go down go down oh yeah go for down. sure I mean there was a stretch from I mean while we're having fun there was a stretch from twenty thirteen to twenty sixteen four seasons where he threw 204 innings per season, and his ERA was 1.88. Four seasons, 1.88. And, and not like sh- <laughs> janky seasons, where he threw like 64 innings. They were all... Uh, he threw 816 innings over those four seasons. 1.88. Uh, it's like Maddox shit. That is incredible. Incredible. So again, Jared, to my point, while he has been dominant and otherworldly, the back end compared to the front end, ERA identical. Outside of him, outside of Julio, who you got though? Um, I don't know. Like, what? What does it line up as? Like, what is um? Let me see. Well, they're just. I mean, the overall. My arching point here is that when what, what we've been talking about rotation depth thin, support behind it thin, bullpen okay, still got bruised R rolling out there, still got Vasia. Um, I mean, uh, you know, who, who they decide to tab as the closer, hand those responsibilities to. Yeah, you know, I don't know if that still remains to be seen how they're going to roll about that. Um, the offense is going to do what the offense does. It, the lineup is not as long as it used to be. Well, I, and I was just going to say, I think a lot of that has to do more so now with the top of the order more than it ever has to that point because it like you got Will Smith hitting third. 
Mm-hmm. Which and like Will I'm Smith not like used, not no not no, to, like, no. Will Smith used to Will hit Smith, sixth but. or eighth or whatever. Like yeah. it was or you know it was Will Smith was not bearing the brunt and but Will Smith and a, I've been beating Will Smith's drum for a hot minute. Like, He's awesome. Do, <laughs> quietly, quietly the dude is probably I mean probably the leader of this team. One of the leaders of this team outside of you know the obvious Mookie and and whatever, but. Like him, him just showing up and going to work the way that he has as a young dude, like that, that has an impact because mm-hmm. he was impactful as a young dude. Um, I think, I, think uh, I mean, like you, you, you need a bounce back season from a guy like Max Muncie. Um, yeah. like JD, I think makes the lineup a little bit longer. But then it's, I don't want to call it like a barren wasteland towards the bottom, but I don't think you're getting a ton of offensive production from the bottom third of your lineup. And I don't want to say the bottom half. I think I, I can say the bottom third. You're, you're just not, you're, it's not your, what you would come to expect from your prototypical Dodgers lineup where one through nine, you're like, this is, this is a tough out. Yeah, um, no, and I think also, um, like what uh, Barnes, right? Barnes and and Taylor, the depth that these guys provide, and I think it's maybe going to be a little more responsibility if if the Dodgers are going to make up for any shortcomings that they experience with lack of depth on the mound, and if they're in a, you know, a a, a slugfest. You got to have guys, got to have guys that you can go to off the bench. But if those guys are now, I don't want to say in everyday roles, but are being asked to do more, you know, production can wait. Can I go rapid fire on some nugs here on some of the guys we just talked about? Yeah. So Will Smith, I'm glad we're bringing him, drawing some attention towards him because I think he might be on the short list for the most underrated players in baseball right now. His ranks among catchers over the last three seasons, second in homers, second in slugging, third in F4, first in WOBA. If you look at historically, catchers through their first four seasons among all catchers to debut in the expansion era, so that goes all the way back to 1961, if you order it by highest adjusted OPS, it's Mike Piazza, Buster Posey, Carlton Fisk, and Will Smith. Oh, (laughs) shit. Wow. I think the fact that he is not a guy who's out there getting 600 plate appearances as, as a catcher does a disservice and maybe helps him achieve some of these numbers, but does a disservice mm-hmm. to like the general perception of him as, I, I think, one of the stars in the game. You guys talked about Muncie, and to me, Muncie and J.D. Martinez are, are where this lineup is going to swing because both of those guys were awesome prior to 2022, and both of those guys were various degrees of bad last year. And what's interesting is... For Muncie, there was one person in baseball who hit worse against fastballs than Muncie last season, and that was Geraldo Perdomo. Um, And when you see older guys start to lose production against fastballs, that at least makes me look to that next season be like, is this, are they just kind of like toast? Is this kind of the end for Max Muncie? He was a guy who debuted late, who peaked late, and some of those guys tend to crater late or crater early as well. And then JD Martinez, had one of the 10 largest year-over-year drops in average exit velocity in baseball last year and also cratered against fastballs. Um, He lost about 125 points off of his slugging percentage against fastballs. So that, to me, is like 
if they can work their magic with Martinez and get Muncie back to what he was, like I'm not at all worried about this lineup, but I think those are big ifs. And, and to your guys' points, ifs that didn't exist in previous seasons. Also, um, the um, uh, J.D. Martinez's hitting coach that like turned his career around. Guess who employs him? Fucking Dodgers. <laughs> so, like that. There is if if there is hope for J.D. to kind of turn it around, but um, yeah, that'll be an interesting wild card in their lineup because he's he's somewhere towards the middle. Like he's probably gonna hit what, like fifth or sixth there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean. yeah. Can I pose a Does question? Does everyone have guys? what? Go ahead. Where do the Rockies rank in terms of most depressing franchises in baseball? Oh. Um, I would say that they are probably in the top three. And I would have the Pirates, <laughs> sorry, Dallas, and the uh Tigers. I would put them below above the Pirates and more depressing. The Rockies, the Rockies, it was, it's, I mean, you just watched mass dysfunction unfold at a level where you watched two iconic franchise players become so soured to the point where, like, I'm burning all the purple shit in my house. <laughs> like, how the fuck does that happen? There doesn't seem to be a greater disconnect on any like the disconnect between what the Rockies ownership and management thinks that the franchise is and what they actually are on the field is the largest gap that exists in baseball. Like you see those quotes that come out from their brain trust and I'll use that as loosely as I possibly can. You see the quotes that come out from their brain trust before every single season starts. And it's like, I think we got a quality club. I think we're really going to make some noise. I think we're on the verge of the playoffs. Like, I think we've got a budding core here. And it's like, None of those things are true. You guys are terrible. And to Dallas's point, have alienated every meaningfully great player that has played for the team over the last 20 years. Well, and, and, and I will also say this about some of the other franchise maybe that, that Jared named um, is I think there's, you know, front offices and whatnot that understand like, look, there's, there's only so much that we can do as, as, folks who aren't you know maybe writing the paychecks or whatnot like we can only do so much and so we're not going to sell you this bill of goods like that we're looking to contend and here comes the march to october and you know they kind of i don't want to say stay in their lane but everybody kind of gets it everybody understands what's going on but it just doesn't seem like that's that's a case there that's just not the case like hey nolan we love you fucking no we don't (laughs) fucking what what (laughs) The Trevor Story thing was still one of the most puzzling Rockies. Well, all so of it, Jared. All like, of it. They, they didn't trade him only to not pursue him in free agency. Like they had no intentions of bringing him back, but they also didn't trade him to get something for him. Like I, they, they, I, I'm all for hanging mm-hmm. on to your guy, not trading him because it's like, listen, if this is the only organization you've ever known, and we trade you, then you you might fall in love with another organization. You might see what it's like to play outside of this organization, and that lessens our chances to retain you in free agency. The Rockies had no chance of of bringing back Trevor Story, and yet they were like, you know what? We're not trading this fucking guy. No chance. Pencil this guy in. Well, you no. know what we want back for Trevor Story? Nothing. No. We're gonna <laughs> stick it to him. We'll show him. He's in the fucking lineup. 
everything. Not only did they get nothing, that's right. Trevor Story, who is what, like the fifth or sixth greatest player in franchise history, you know, whatever. Mm. They paid the Cardinals to take Nolan Arenado. Yes. Yeah. Don't that's yeah. that to me is like well, don't Trevor even get me started thing. on it, Jay. The Trevor Story <laughs> thing is baseball incompetence, like not trading him and getting nothing in return and having him walk. The Nolan Arenado thing is so aggressively offensive that oh. it's it, it's just bad on a different level. Like Nolan Arenado, it's probably Helton or Walker, but Nolan Arenado has a credible claim as the greatest player in franchise history, and you told him in the middle of his prime. Here's $50 million. Take yourself to St. Louis. Like, it, I, and you look at what they got back. It's not like those pieces are helping the club. It's Austin Gomber. I don't care what you got back. I don't no. care. It's, you treat that guy, that kind of player, that dude, $50 like million. That? Dollars. I mean, uh, <laughs> to get the fuck. Go, I can't go. go. I, I, I sort of That's how spiteful they are. You. You, you're in the fucking lineup today, and you, you are not leaving with any less than $50 million and going to a contender right now. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Yo, and, and there's no reason to get into it totally, but we haven't mentioned what, how they got rid of or how they parted ways with Tulo or how Matt Holiday walked either. Like, it's just oh, every player that matters is left. Mm-hmm. Yep. Usually acri- with acrimony. <laughs> Shout out to the yeah. D-backs, though. Corbin Carroll is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Um, <laughs> what a division. What a division. Yeah, there's some excitement around the D-backs this year. Not enough to where they're going to be uh, landing on any of our wild card spots, I would imagine. Um, but there is some optimism in the desert. And man, there's uh, does not appear to be much of a light at the end of the tunnel in denver colorado there's just blue moons that's it <laughs> oh that's enough i mean that's really all you need that's why it's a great park great beers mm-hmm. chris bryant's had a great spring so <laughs> yeah he did <laughs> oh shit chris uh, bryant yeah he does yeah he does what a wow wow <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Oh man, uh, Jake, what's the next division? Wait, we, do we? Are we all going Padres? No, I, Everybody? I'm going Dodgers. Okay, Joe's going Dodgers. Jay, I, I think I'm going to go Pods. I know. I think it is a trap, and I think Joey's probably right. But <clears throat> I'd, I'd rather have some fun rooting for the Padres if I'm split on it. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly. Joey's right. I'm I'm, I feel so stupid. Taking I, 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 because it's I'm right there. It's it. obvious that it's the Dodgers, is it not? That's how it makes. That's how this feels. It's obvious. Like, why wouldn't it be the Padres? Because it's obvious it's the Could Dodgers, the Giants. But isn't it clearly the Padres? It could be the Giants. It's not going to be the Giants. No, this, fuck. Is, this is the year. This, this is the year. One oh eight for the Giants. This is the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. the year. <laughs> Everybody sees it coming this year. Everybody sees it coming. Mm-hmm. Alex Wood just struck out 10 motherfuckers mm. in his final tune-up of the spring. Uh, I'll, I'll enjoy his 11 starts. <laughs> wow. Well, I, geez, like I'm not spitting facts. <laughs> just to, you know, just to uh, Jake, what do we got for the next division here? Next up, we got the NL Central. Uh, the Cardinals are favored to win the NL Central at minus 125. The Brewers up next at plus 175. 
followed by the Cubs at plus 650, the Pirates at plus 3,000, and the Reds at plus 6,000. Easiest call. That, in how sport. did we not bring up the Reds in the conversation for like most depressing franchises? Yeah. It, a lot of Reds fans listen to this podcast. Shout out to Reds fans for just being an awesome baseball fan base despite having an abomination of an organization. Uh, but they belong in the conversation for one of the most sure. depressing franchises. Um, which kind of like so YP was here uh, for the weekend and last night I forget even how they came up. Oh no, because I saw I saw the the like graphic about Ken Griffey Jr. is is the fourth highest paid player on the Cincinnati Reds this year, and YP was like, the Reds got to be in the conversation for most irrelevant franchise in sports, and because we didn't even think of them to be one of the dumpster fire organizations that kind of reinforces the point of how irrelevant they are, which is sad because it's, it's such a great baseball city. Like they fucking love their baseball in Cincinnati, but um, just like we will probably have the conversation about ownership in Pittsburgh, the ownership in Cincinnati is just, um, it's not good. It is not a good scene in Cincinnati as it pertains to ownership, but Dallas, do you want to um, do you want to give us a pump up speech for the Pittsburgh Pirates in twenty twenty three? I don't know that uh, I don't know that this is this is the time. The oh, it's the time. Pump up speech. <laughs> oh, it's the time. It's the time. There's there's uh, there's what do you what do you want me to be excited about? Baseball. What, this isn't a good start. Well, I, I am. I'm thrilled. I'm I'm thrilled for baseball. I'm extremely wow. thrilled for baseball. Well, I'll tell you what I'm excited about. I'm excited to wear my O'Neill Cruz jersey. That's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about the fact that they went out and said, you know what? The seas be damned. I don't care what the forecast says. Red skies at night is a sailor's delight, Jared. Believe that. So what do you do? You bring back the captain. Who's steering this fucking pirate ship this year? Captain Kutch. He's back, baby. And he's back with his reinforcement. Who's Choi? G-Man's Choi, baby. That's right. G-Man Choi locking it up over at the one sack to Brian Hayes. He's going to take steps, baby. Getting better all the time is what we're here to do, Jared. And that's what Captain Kutch is back to do, is to watch all of these young buckos graduate. Graduate to pirates that will eventually be cast off to their own deserted fucking island. I don't want to fucking talk about it. I mean, can we, Brian can we Reynolds. go on? Yeah, Brian Reynolds. He's still Brian here. Reynolds. Yeah. Still here. Slam Tana's back. Yeah. Or Santana. Not back, but he's. he's. It's. Jared, I don't know no, if no, I can stop even. Stop veering off course. I, Positivity. I, stay in, stay I, in, I, stay I, in I, your lane. Positivity. Come on. I want to. I think I got something. Hold on. Yeah. What's it? I got something in my. What's up? Let me get it. This year, Jared, we fight back. No. This year, we take the ship. Not the championship, but like a maybe a small vessel <laughs> off off the off the coast, fourth place. Oh. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dallas. Thank you. Thank you. You know what the Andrew McCutcheon thing reminds me of when a 
like when they bring back when a producers run out of ideas and they just bring back a sitcom like we're going to remake this sitcom with all the you know the old characters and stuff like that it's like let's bring back <laughs> yeah. we don't have anything else going on here yeah <laughs> it's like saved by the bell but they're all 45 <laughs> yeah well the, the, it's when they're like you know what Drug let's get the marketing too. department in here let's what's gonna what's some giveaways that are gonna move the needle and they're like hey crutch bobbles let's get that rolling again yeah got rich hill so. that'll be fun <laughs> <laughs> the nl east <laughs> is over rich hill's 43 years yeah. old um Yo, fun fun fact on O'Neill Cruz though, baseball savant lists uh, maximum exit velocity, uh, and his was one hundred and twenty two point yep. four last year. The next closest yep. player was one hundred and nineteen point eight, and that was yeah. Stanton. So he basically guy, made, he made Stanton look like a puss. He he hits balls that either like they visually. They go through things like it looks like they go through like that ball is going to go through a wall. It's not going to stop at the wall. Like, you know, that like that was shot out of a fucking cannon. This dude hits balls too hard at times. Too hard. I got a take that's going to make Jared. That's true. Okay. He's a freak. This is the easiest division call in the sport. It's the Cardinals. No, I picked the Cardinals. I picked the Cardinals. Oh, you did? Okay. I think it's the easiest yeah. call in the sport. I think this is the easiest division to pick. Um, I, d- I just don't see how the Brewers' offense sustains. No. Uh, I mean, Jay Hay, without going back and looking at it, I believe, looking or not Jay Hay, uh, Jay, looking at the odds, are the Cardinals the only division team Ooh, to... One. To be laying. Why did I think that we were doing the East? We were doing the Central that whole mm-hmm. time. No, a- Astros do too. Like, oh, do the Astros? Okay. All right. So the Astros and the Cardinals then are the only two teams. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't even think that their their over under for wins is like eighty eight and a half. Really? So you might have a division without a. A ninety-game winner, winner. potentially. Ooh, that's a, that's a, it's tempting, huh? They got a lineup. What to take the over? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I would ultimately land on taking the over on eighty-eight and a half. But like, Absolutely. even if you're on I'm the lower, the, yeah. If that, if that's, yeah. If that's, uh, do we know? Do we, yeah. If that's, if that's it, I'm taking the over on the W's for sure. And the cards of the division wrap. Book that. I'm excited to yeah. watch Jordan Walker. Yes, congratulations to J Dub. That's, yeah, a, that's a fun element to this offense that I think has been lacking in previous years. Like I don't Goldschmidt and Arenado are to me great players that what? I don't necessarily like. I'm not obsessed with watching offensively, um, aesthetically. But Jordan Walker, I think, adds a fun element to this team that that has not existed in previous years. Damn, I love watching Nolan because the guy fucking lifts his back foot up. Like I just love he's just happy feet in the box. Yeah. I love it. Jordan Walker is not even 21, dude. Yeah. No. No one, no one's going against the cards in the central. No. Okay. Um, I, I don't, I do not have my Milwaukee Brewers making the playoffs this year. This is a one, this is a one playoff division, right? Or one playoff team division. I think, yeah. 
I, I also think that uh, the NL playoff landscape is fucking loaded. Like you've got teams probably, I don't want to say throughout, but maybe throughout the wild card landscape that could be division winners in the American League somewhere. So NL is going to be stacked. Do you feel like the NL, it's stacked, but do you feel like the NL is easy to call though in terms of who the teams are? Because it feels That's like really about like the between... six wild card spot. Well, you're. Pu- just... I mean, you're pulling a lot of like. I mean, are 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 we all in agreement that the NL East? I mean, the NL East in the. In- Hold on, before know. we move before we move to the NL East, I just want to ask one question about the Central. Is it crazy? What does it say that we have gone this entire Central preview, and the one team that we actually haven't talked about is the Chicago Cubs. fucking Cubs. Hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, but does it feel like, like I honestly, like it, it feels like after 16 when they were like, all right, boys, I think we're all good here. <laughs> I, I want to thank everybody. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, you guys are going to go on to have great lives. We're all going to be able to come back here <laughs> and celebrate this whenever we want. We're going to be legends together whenever we want here, but that, that's it. Wrap it up, people and cut. But like when that happened, I felt like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. They haven't. Has it been that push to get back? I'll there? say this. The Cubs have a lot of players with something to prove. With Bellinger, Swanson, freaking <laughs> maybe the guy with the most to prove, Mr. Eric Hosmer. Looking at you, Jay. <laughs> hey, wouldn't that guy would love to put up an all-star season, come on this podcast and have some words, you know? <laughs> if you Eric Hosmer puts off. up an all-star, I got to think of something. If he puts up an all-star. You know, say it, say it. Say it. You're, you're going to say what? I don't know. I didn't know where I was going with it. I need to figure it out. <laughs> Even Magical. We all yeah. forgot about Magical. We used to talk about him, maybe. No, well. <clears throat> but they welcome to the, the family, Magical. I think the offense is going to be hard to watch <clears throat> for the Cubs. You think the what'd you say? You think the rotation is going to be I think it's going to be confident. I think I think Tyon was a nice fit in terms of like, let's get some bulk innings in here. Let's get a guy who can give us 150, 160 innings of like you know, slightly above average to average quality. I'm pretty high on Justin Steele and Wesneski. Um, I think from what I've seen stuff-wise from the latter, he looks nasty. And everything about Steele's second half last year was super encouraging uh, statistically. So I think two potential breakouts there. I just look at that offense and I'm like, how many above average players populate that offense? Two? Of nine, maybe three. Yeah, who do you got there, Patty Wise? Ian Hap. Uh, Ian Hap. Ha- yeah, I mean, Hap. Nancy. I was going Hap, Hap and Swanson for sure, and then everybody oh, else is kind of a question mark. Okay. A lot of question marks, Tough. but I, I am. I will say this about the Cubs: I'm rooting for you. They'd be fun. They'd be a fun team. Are They'd you? be a fun team. That, yeah, they're one of my Ooh. favorite teams. I've always said, yeah, come on. Baseball's better when they're good. <laughs> hey, come on. Yo, I've never I've never heard you openly root for the Cubs. That's all. I'm just a little, a little surprised. They're literally my favorite te- one of my favorite teams. So huh. about the Reds optimism. Do you guys you guys know about this De La Cruz guy, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Six five, according to reference. Six five, two hundred. And last year in the minors, he had twenty eight homers. Had 47 stolen bases, hit 304, and had a 945 OPS. Yeah. 
When I went Six to five, uh, 47 went, stolen bases. Wow. I went to City Field last summer and um that's when I saw Mustakis. And I was like, you know, who should I get excited about that's uh coming up the pipeline? And that's what didn't even have to think about it. That was the first name. Some people have him as the best prospect in the game, at least in terms of upside. Yeah. He's uh, cousins with Raul. It's the rumor. I mean, it's a great baseball family. Raul, so. big digital creator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's he's just like me, where he's just like, obviously, the, the big league career didn't work out, but he wanted to stay in baseball, so he just became a baseball content creator. <laughs> More money in content creation anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely more money in content creation than than playing in the minors where uh, De La Cruz is right now. But um, Raul made a banger video the other day of uh, all of Kyle Schwarber's home runs. That one popped off. Kyle Schwarber hit a home run and um, it was uh, the World Baseball Classic Championship game. So Raul whipped up a video of uh, he's hit a home run in the AL wildcard game, NL wildcard game, ALDS, NLDS. ALCS, NLCS, World Series, World Baseball Classic Championship game, and the Cape League Championship. But apparently, he hit a home run in like the Big Ten Championship, and he probably hit fucking hit a home run in his high school championship game. I don't know. Uh, but the dude just hit hits home runs in every single playoff series that he's ever been in in his entire life. I would love to ask him about that. I'm gonna try and get him on this year and ask him like, like tell me you hit a home run in like the the your like little league city series or something like that. He had to have like, there's no way that you just check all those boxes, but not every box. It's in his um, DNA. Yeah. Uh, again, I, uh, people are going to be like, you thought the pirates were in the NL central. No, um, mm. I, <laughs> I made a mistake. I thought we were doing the NL East. Um, the NL central unequivocally across the board. We're going St. Louis Cardinals here, but the NL East it's pretty close. It's I, I, d- does the Edwin Diaz injury yeah. being out for the year is that what decides the division? It very well could. It very well could. You're talking about three teams separated by what three games? I haven't. I haven't looked. I'm that's. I'm. What is it? I'm gonna go back to the fucking Fangraphs. You've got the Braves at 92 wins. You've got the Mets at 89 wins and the Phillies at 84 wins. That's why I don't like, I don't like, I don't think any of that is for real. I think all those teams are notably better than what Fangraphs has them projected. Well, they can't all win except for the Phillies. Really? You agree with that except for the Phillies? You think, I mean, what, you think the Phillies will be better? I think the Phillies are. I think the goal for the Phillies is to keep their head above water in terms of the playoff picture by the time um, Harper gets back. Because I think with the Hoskins thing and Harper out, like you've gutted the middle of their lineup. And I just think we have to. They made the World Series last year, and that was awesome. But like they were the third best team in the division for the for the hundred and sixty two, right? And they've lost two of their four most important hitters, their most important one, and wherever we want to put Hoskins. I just, I think the Phillies are going to make the playoffs. I just think it's going to be a real battle to get there. And I do think they're a mid-80s win team. I mean, do we think, okay, well, if that's the case, because this is how I was going to frame it, is 
do the Phillies win the Central? If they're in the Central? Um, yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. It, I think it would be within two games. I would take them ahead of the and Brewers. Would you take the Phillies ahead of the Dodgers? No. No. Not taking the Phillies ahead of the Padres either. No. Um. So, I, I mean, that's going to be... Yeah, that fuck, man. That's going to be a fight. I think I think people are probably thinking back on the Phillies where they obviously um did not perform well over the first month and a half of the season. But if you extrapolate from like Girardi getting shit canned uh towards the that's got to be what? Like a 650 winning percentage like they were they were fucking nails the rest of the way well look you've got i mean they win you got who who, who, who you're taking the padres and are you taking the padres and the dodgers out of the west mm-hmm. so padres dodgers out of the west mm-hmm. braves mets and phillies mm-hmm. and then the cardinals mm-hmm to answer Jared's question, the their win percentage in the regular season under Rob Thompson extrapolated over 162 games would be 95 wins. Thank you. I'm not saying they're going to win 95 games, but I am saying that they're much better than what we remember them to be during last year's regular season. Yeah, I think that's true. I'm because just concerned about what they don't have right now to start the season. For sure. I, I think if we, were talking what, about, if we were talking about them as having Harper and Hoskins, I think we would be talking about them as as threats to win the division. Um, and the reason that I the reason that I asked all those questions about those teams is because the Giants and the Phillies, but they also didn't have Harper for a lot of that run true. where they true. got red hot. And Hoskins, I think when we look back on his 2022 well, season, his biggest moments were in the playoffs. Awesome. Which I'm not saying that you know they're going to get him back at any point this well, year. Well, I mean, Maybe we could go back. But, they have plenty of time to find a replacement for him. But what, 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 okay. So if we're going to go that route, I'm not saying I have no idea what this is going to look like, but what did Reese Hoskins performance look like during the downtime of Harper? Because now you have to then think about where that production would be coming from in that moment without both those guys. Do they like Bobby Dahlbeck? I mean, Bob, the Bob just got optioned to fucking Worcester today. He's got 30 homer pop. You could stick Ruth him over Castillo? at first base and, and figure the fuck out. Like, like you may be able Ruth to get Ruth? similar production. You may be able to get similar, similar production. Well, I'm distracted. My fucking door's open. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> like, just keep the fucking door open. Yeah, I, so the Giants, the, again, Giants, and we've hashed out the fan graphs, projection, blah, blah, blah. Giants slated to win 83 games. Philly slated to win 84. And that's Garbage. without that's without Bryce Harper. That's without Reese Hoskins. What's the update right. on Bryce? I heard all-star break maybe before. I heard some positive, yeah, they, something like uh optimistic. They didn't put him on the 60 day, which is the positive news that Joey's there talking about, I think, which yeah. keeps the door yeah. open. Which way well, uh, that's yeah. like before way before all-star break. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um I gotta get Joey's opinion on something though. With, with the NL East because we've we've danced around the Braves and I, I'm super interested in what Spencer Strider is going to do because 
Like he, he's a very hot pitcher from a fantasy perspective and like Cy Young voting and stuff like that. And I was just looking at what over his final 15 starts, obviously, as we all know, it was split between this rotation and relief last year. But over his final 15 starts, 84 innings pitched, 55 hits allowed, 130 strikeouts. Mm. (laughs) 130 strikeouts, four home runs allowed, 84 innings pitched, 55 hits. Batters hit 179 with a 500 OPS against him over that 15 start stretch. And let me tell you, that came with a 293 batting average on balls in play. So this was not some balls in play fluke bullshit. He struck out 130 fucking guys and he faced 333 <laughs> batters. That's how you avoid ball and play issues is you strike everybody out. Mm-hmm. What are your expectations, yeah. Joey? I mean, this, the fucking sky's the limit. The guy came up and just, I mean, last year, he started the season last year and it was like, this guy's starting. Isn't he like a bullpen guy? Like, what's going on? Like, really? We're, we're starting Strider and he just lit the league on fire. As a Braves fan, I keep optimist, op, optimism not optimism. I'll let it be a little measured because we've seen Soroka come up and do that similar things. Seeing Ian Anderson, even Yanoa, you know, we've seen players have really good first years and regress to like not even being in the major leagues. I think Strider is better than all those guys. And, you know, so I'm, yeah, Strider's a beast. He's my favorite player on the Braves, maybe. Favorite pitcher on the Braves by far. Jay, what'd you say his BABIP was during that stretch? 293. But it's just like the fastball for whatever reason. I don't know the spin. I don't know the access to pitch design. I'm not one of those guys, but it's just they don't hit. Nobody hits it. No, it's a, it's a, it's a writer. It's a writer from Strider for sure. Develops a third pitch? That's the question. I mean, if you develop the third. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah doesn't need it. In that division, I would say yes, but what what do his numbers look like, even if he has a half-decent um, like, cutter or something like that? Yeah, no, he'll, he'll, he'll hey. develop a third pitch. You know, where, you know where it's going to happen, too? Like, Spencer Strider is going to go to the All-Star game, and he's going to talk to the right guy and be like, how do you throw, how, show me how you throw this. Show me how you throw this. And I didn't that happen well, he's, with um, he's a very cerebral dude. Anyway. Was that the story with uh, Halliday Doc? and Rivera? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Well, here's the here's the really scary thing about Strider, too, is he was basically a two pitch pitcher, but he threw a change up just under five percent of the time last year. Batters hit one thirty six off that slider. or I'm sorry, with off that change up with a forty seven and a half whiff uh, percent whiff rate. So like. Even if those numbers drop as he uses it more, like that would suggest that there is the potential for a third really good pitch lingering there. Yeah, I mean, Uh, if he's throwing 10 of them a game, he's getting four swing and misses and a check swing. That's why you call it. That's why, yeah, I mean, it's the class. It's the class of the division, guys. I mean, how about this? Put it this way. Who would you rather have out of the three? Verlander? Strider or Scherzer? You can only have one for 2023. Wow. I'll go, I'll go JV. Mm. Yeah, I was probably going to roll Verlander as mm. well. Jared? 
Um, <clears throat> wait, what are we picking? <laughs> Strider, Scherzer, or Verlander? You got. You can only have one on your team. Boston Red Sox. Strider. I think that that one's obvious. Yes, me too. And that's my concern with the Mets. Like, I I know everyone knows I love the Mets, but like, I for one year for this year. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, like, yeah. There, there's injury concerns with all three. All three. But, I mean, no, I'm I'm yes. factoring in JV. I'm factoring in the 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 medal from Justin Verlander saying this is it, Max. You and me, we ride, baby. This is where we win our fucking championship. Yeah, but if you're together, picking one guy, like then you're not getting you're not getting the other. So that's that's null and void. No, it's not null and void at all. I don't. Yes, have it to is, have Max. The, no, the, I'm I'm taking the spirit of Justin Verlander. That's what I'm banking I'll on. I accept it. I accept because it. Because he's with Max. I accept it. I didn't know he was coming to my team. That's that was a not a layer that I thought I, that uh, it was a, you get you, That's the I hypothetical. Take. You get to pick one guy. <laughs> no, it was my it was my like hypothetical. Their, and I'm accepting yeah, Dallas's uh frame. All right. Dog shit. Because what we're the question I'm kind of asking is like I've been looking at the Mets and you know I and you would get both. That doesn't make any sense. If you could no, pick I'm not one guy, both. if you could pick one guy, I'm picking Verlander because he has Scherzer. That means that you picked. That's him. not what I said. That's not what I said at all. That's no. not what I said at all. I said I'm no. picking Verlander because he's going to be with Max Scherzer. That's the actual very end of Max Scherzer's contribution to that. Just being alive and present. And now Verlander is going to be looking at Max just just visually and thinking, all right, buddy, this is where it goes down, me and you. That is what I said. Joey accepted that as the answer because it was his hypothetical. Fuck your hypothetical. I'm just saying, if you're a Mets so, fan, I'd be, wor- I, you know, injury concern is higher than it's ever been for the Mets. And that's saying a lot. If they're going to rely on these two guys, which they've done last year, and you saw what happened. Older guys, too scared to pitch in the WBC, fragile, pitch calm, pitch clock. Ugh, you know what I'm saying? I'd rather have Strider. I'd rather have some young bucks. That's what the Braves got. Can we make fun of Joe for freezing? Dallas, make fun of him. I, I, I didn't see him freeze. I was, I was looking at something else. I didn't, I didn't freeze. freeze. Oh, you didn't? It froze on your ca- camera because your internet sucks, dude. Because you got <laughs> shit internet. didn't freeze on my camera. Nope. <laughs> nope, that's not what happened there. Still hasn't. Get- I'm taking the, I'm taking the oh Mets. I'm taking the Mets. <laughs> Meet the Mets. Go ahead, explain why. Step right, Step right up, up and beat the Mets. The Mets. Bring Here's your why. Kiddies, bring your wife. Sing it. <laughs> Guaranteed to have the time of your life because the can Mets I, are really can I, the ball. Can I bank on that? Can I throw that out there? I feel like I feel like this rotation is going to be just fine. I feel like they're going to be just fine, and I feel like they're going to figure out answers to the bullpen question. You mean to tell me the only the man who baseball had to create another layer of luxury tax threshold for? You mean to tell me that that guy is going to just stand idly by and watch his team get close? And not do anything about it? Fuck no. Absolutely not. I'm telling you right now, if they don't have an answer for the ninth inning by the end of the month, if they haven't hashed that out by the end of April, 
and they're in contention come midsummer, which they should be, they will have already acquired somebody or will clearly be making a move too if that seems to be a glaring issue for them. If that is what is preventing them from running away in their mind, that gets taken care of. I got a prediction for your ass. Please. Fucking give it to me. The closer they go out and import is Edwin Diaz's brother. Ooh. Mm. just to do it just, not i mean obviously not well just he's on, it, he's but. on a team that probably doesn't need a closer um probably could rather have the uh the prospect assets yeah i think it would be cute i think the mets are aware <laughs> of how cute it would be and uh i'm 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 predicting it it's happening right right here episode 79 the alexis diaz prediction so well they wow well, I think they're also worried about the eighth. I think they're also worried about the seventh. I think they're worried about the yeah, sixth too. I think Mets maybe they'll get, maybe they'll get they'll get the third Diaz. <laughs> they're gonna need a fucking school bus of Diaz's to take down the Braves. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Jesus, Joe Diaz, is it? Wow, dude. Joe, tell us about the Braves, kid. Tell 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 them. They already know. Everyone already knows. Like, what is there to say about the fucking Braves? They always win every year. It's like seven years in a row, dude. They had the same players like seven years in a row. Not true, because last year they had all the new players. All the new players last year were the best players. They're all coming back this year, next year, the year after, the year after year that, after. year after that, <laughs> year after that, year after that. I don't even know. Half the Mets lineup probably so won't true. even be alive by then, dude. It's a bunch of dinosaurs. <laughs> It's dinosaurs. I mean, I respect what they've done in the league. I really do. I, I mean, but like, come on, you guys I really do. You guys are the worst billion dollar team ever assembled. I, mean, <laughs> I know I'm biased, but for a team that spent this much money, like, are they really that good? They're good. Uh, so to your point, if you do spend that money, you should be like the snap your fingers. Like that's the best team in baseball. And they're not. For for the money spent, they are not the clear answer for is that the best team in baseball or the division? Like, like they're not even yeah they're not even favored to win their own division for all that money spent. So it's a fair point. It's a fair point. It's not it's not chirping the Mets. It is a fair objective point. Somebody, you know what? See, and I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> if I if I didn't wear uh, some of the hats that I wear, I would gladly be like re- not reaching out to, but I would be tweeting. Steve Cohen, maybe like, like, Hey man, I just wanted to, I just wanted to send this, send this your way. I don't know if you saw this, but I know, I know how much you've invested into this product here. And as of right now, we're not even, we're not really moving the needle. Like we're not even, we don't have the attention of the people that I think we need the attention of. Does this bother you? Is this something we're going to, something we're going to address at any point in time? I feel like he responds to things like that. Not like a literal response to me, but I feel like. I feel like he pays attention to things like that. They could fire him up a little, Joe. And you don't want the boys in Uncle Stevie's neighborhood to get one. Oh, yeah. Uh Because they're freaking fraudsters, dude. He hangs around (laughs) some freaking insider traders, dude. I don't respect it. But you know what? You know, the Mets probably get a wild card. You know, anything can happen in the playoffs. Keep your head up, guys. (laughs) Just come out. You can try. Shout out to the Nats and Marlins who also play baseball in this division. <laughs> yes, they do. They, they Marlins got a good so, group. 
whatever. So is this a resounding uh, Braves and I'm the lone wolf Mets guy? Correct. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going Braves. Jake? Jay Hayes going Braves? Yeah, I'm guys, Braves. Were, was anybody chased off of a Mets pick because of the Edwin Diaz? Probably, yeah. No. I mean, like that, yeah. I, I, I think I might have been. I can't definitively say that, but what I can so, say. Yes, yes, you, yes, no, you were. I'll definitively no, say it for you. No, no, no. You fucking pussy. <laughs> no, no, no. absolutely. It's called logic. There's no, a reason no, behind it. There's a reason behind it. I'm not afraid. You're scared. Get a fucking dog. All right? No. Be a fucking man and pick the fucking Mets. I'm not picking the Mets. Be a little bitch. You just no want bitch. someone to look stupid with you. No, I just want you to be a man. <laughs> They're not better than the Braves. Head. They're use not better than the Braves. Balls. Nope. I think That's if they, if have. they, if you, Jared, if the Mets you don't have the balls, if you the do Mets, not if the have Mets the had balls. the balls to sign Carlos Correa despite his fucking peg leg, then yeah, I might have been with you. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just smart business. That's smart. No. What do you want the guy to they do? They just cost themselves the division, maybe the World yeah. Series, the whole deal. No problem. Hey, Jared, here's this soup can with a hole in the bottom of it. You interested? Mm-mm. I'm sticking with the Braves. My Atlanta Braves. <laughs> you should know that you're you're going out on a limb when you go against Jay Hay. If if you don't have the same pick as Jay Hay, you, it's like you should be like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine with it. OK. All right. Dallas, Good luck to Dallas your made a living going against me. Yeah. <laughs> Fading Jay, yeah, professional fucking moron is what he is. <laughs> Jesus, fade um, the kid, fade nuggets all day. Yeah, where uh, where else do we go? I think we can just do what, like, I think I, in terms of now, like the rest of it. If you try to predict from here, no, like, I think I don't do want World series. Yeah, I'll just do World Series matchup because, yeah. like, I don't want to like, pr- like, I think it's stupid to predict it's everything a bad else. Listen. Yeah, because it's like you don't fucking know what those teams are going to look like. Like we're, we're just assuming no, what so, trade deadline be, moves are going to be made. Like, everybody all that. Yeah. everybody's going to have a different matchup that pe- the listeners would need to keep in their head. I think you're right. Just do World Series matchup. Yeah. <laughs> Padres, Blue Jays. Ooh. All right. Well, you know me. I... Dude, that's crazy because I don't want to be that guy, but I might be that guy, man. I think Braves, of course, coming out of the NL. And uh, how about the freaking Mariners? Wow. The Mariners in the World Series. Make a splash because I think that's that's an environment. Braves, Mariners. I think that's an environment. I think that, that that's a franchise that's just bubbling Ooh, like a mm-hmm. volcano. Mm-hmm. Give them a little spark and it can just... Okay. Jay Hay. I'm riding with Joey in the NL. Okay. Go, Braves. Going Braves. That's also a little sneak preview of some of my awards thinking for next podcast Ooh, as well. Um, okay. And in the AL, I'm going to go super boring. I don't want to see this World Series matchup again, but I think it's the one we're going to get. I'm going Astros Braves. Again. Yep. I don't want to see it, but I think it's what we're going to get. Okay. Dallas, um, I I would like to see Padres Astros. I also think it's going to be Braves Astros. Wow! I called I, Dallas I just, out on going against me, and he sidled right up. No, I, I yeah. as soon as, soon, 
as yeah. soon as you, as soon as you said it, I that because yeah, I just think uh, <laughs> I I think at the end of the day, those are two teams who, as it stands right now, are in the best spot if all things remained equal for everybody all season long. I think those are still the two teams that that have the best chance mm-hmm. to return and do damage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some interesting matchups. A lot of us want to see the Padres there. Some of us had the balls to put them there. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, a rematch could be in the cards. A lot of chalk. A lot of, lot of spineless chalk in these predictions. Um, not everyone had the balls to, to really put themselves out there. I Again, we're not naming any When it came to division leading. No, you, no, no, no. You, you, you absolutely just tarnished your credibility for the next five years. Not at all. Uh, do we have anything else that we'd like to add here? Okay. No. I think we might have a special. We were supposed to. We were supposed to have a special guest last week. Didn't happen. <clears throat> uh, but on the Wednesday episode, the little birdie said that there might be, there might be someone popping by. Well, I'll be here. So he's got a pretty big following too, like a big one. Outstanding. Are they coming? Maybe. The next episode, we're going to do our awards predictions. Um, And it is opening day eve that we'll be recording that. I'm I'm assuming it's probably going to drop on the morning of opening day. Very exciting times here um, in the baseball world. Um, Anybody? Final thoughts? Final thoughts, anyone? No. Uh, Yeah. The Reese Hoskins things uh, sucks. It sucks. sucks. Absolutely sucks. Yeah, it does. Suck. Especially because it's contract year for him too. <clears throat> yeah. My voice is going because YP made me record literally eight hours of podcast last night. Like, came here to do episode one of his new podcast, and he's like, "All right, you're going to interview me." <laughs> like, what? <laughs> And it, I'm not exaggerating. We re- were in the process of recording this episode for five and a half hours last night. Five and a half hours. I was like, bro. And, and it's, well, it's good because both of you are really good at just, you know, stopping and, and writing I mean, that down. I <laughs> multiple times was like, we need to land the plane. Like I, like, I tapped out. No, I was sure. like, it was like, it was like getting a tattoo. I was like, I need a break. I need a break. And then after that, I, we did an episode where he interviewed me for another two hours. I went to bed at like fucking four o'clock in the morning last night. We started recording at 7 p.m. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating any of this. I mean, like, neither one of you are even remotely that interesting. <clears throat> That's exactly what I said. I was like, no one is this interesting. <laughs> I was like, bro, Tom Brady's not this interesting where you need to do a five hour sit down of your life story. That's great. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. Can't wait for that. Yeah. He's like, oh, bro, I'm going to chop it down to like two hours. Like, then why were we sitting here for the other three and a half? <laughs> it's quality. Quality yeah. time management. <clears throat> Jake's takes. 
I got Padres socks in the World Ooh, Series. Oh, okay. Oh, Ooh, little limb out on a limb. Mm. Okay. Wow. All right. Is that it? Is that all we got? Yeah. We'll be back on Wednesday with the uh, the rest of the predictions, award seasons, and uh, maybe a special guest. I don't want to promise it to you because I feel like any time that I promise it, it just doesn't happen. But that's there. That's on them. That's not on me. So Jared, um, Jared can't keep a promise. You heard that here. Nope. 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 Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday. We'll see you then. Meow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.